You have just entered the Katie Ma Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to 2018 and episode 306 of the KB Mod Podcast. Is ja- <laughs> KD still still excited from New Year's. He uh, Happy New Year. had to let it out. Merry Christmas. Isn't it doesn't feel so weird to say Merry Christmas now, but to our viewer or listener, there's been this huge gap. That's true. You know, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, Merry Happy Christmas. Happy holidays, happy new year, and welcome to 2018. It's January 7th of this new year, and I'm joined by uh, KD and Yingity Yang. Hello. We have, uh, oh. we've been off for a couple weeks because uh, Christmas or Christmas Eve and then New Year's Eve fell on a Sunday evening. So. You know, it was just uh, mm-hmm. people traveling and everything. Just logistics get in the way of doing a weekly podcast during the right. holidays. So I was gone for a few weeks because the week before that was the Twitch holiday party. So it's been it's been a little while for me, close to a month since I've been on the podcast. As I look back at the calendar, but uh, you know, you're back, baby. You're back, back and you're reformed. I'm back. I, I listened to the episode while I was gone. You guys, you guys held it together. So. Uh, that's very generous of you. Yeah, well, we're, you know, we're entering 2018 with a fresh slate. So that was a, you know, you had a big task to end 2017 by yourselves, but <laughs> you got us here. So, well, thank uh, you. so we got to we got to talk about what, you know, what have we been doing over the holidays? Oh, real quick, if you're uh if you're wondering where APL is, Oh yeah, uh, he's yes. uh, got a little talk about bit that of first. stuff to worry about. You first know? of all, yeah, let's talk about what Scott has been doing. So yes. a synopsis of Scott's holiday, as I understand it, is uh, his baby was supposed to be born on Christmas. It was not. And then mm-hmm. days went by. Baby's still not born. My understanding, I'm guessing, it's probably pretty nerve-wracking like every day after the expected due date of a, of a child. And... Uh, it turns out that that baby had to stay in the womb for another almost two weeks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but Scott's, uh, Scott and Tabitha's child was born uh, yesterday, I think? Yesterday. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so Scott is not here. Uh, he has the best excuse he has ever had for not being on the <laughs> yeah. podcast. Um, so please, please do uh, send him your congratulations. Uh, he is a new father. Looks like uh, Delaney is healthy and happy, and uh, hope hope for the best for them. Uh, at, you know, once they get to take her home pretty soon. So, um, so Scott is is AFK for a bit, but uh, really happy for him and Tabitha. And uh, and yeah, give him your all your congratulations on a, on a healthy baby. So I imagine that probably preoccupied everything Scott was doing. So you've been filled in for Scott. He might as well be here. But uh, what what have you guys been doing over the break? How 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 was your? I don't know if you both were on vacation at all. I was on a little vacation, so I I got some relaxing in. But what about you guys? Uh, well, I was on the opposite of vacation. I actually ended up working through most of the holidays, and my vacation started yesterday. So I'm on Whoa. vacation for nine days now. So oh, I you're a, on you're on alt vacation. Wow. I'm on an ultimate vacation because nice. I have all these holidays stacked up from uh, from working this break. But so I mean. 
it was uh, it was a busy season. I didn't. Ex this is my first time working the holiday season uh, at the museum, and my impression was that we were going to be very quiet. I don't know. Maybe you guys have some opinions on this. I wouldn't imagine going to a museum to be a very popular activity between Christmas and New Year's, but that is maybe one of the busiest times I have ever been on the gallery floor. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. And I mean, it was it was like nonstop, uh, exhausting, and just. It was uh, it it caught me by surprise, and I guess that's a very popular family activity. Which is, I mean, I guess I'm glad to hear that. I, I, now, the more I think about it, I guess a museum would be a fun place to go with I your family if you had like are, maybe extended mm -hmm. family visiting. I, I think it's just that people are looking for things to do, because if people have time off, you're just kind of sitting around at home, and there's right. only so much football you can watch. There's only so much food you <laughs> can eat. And so and relatives imagine, are over too. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And so I, I imagine at some point you you suggest, hey, let's get out of the house for a little bit and go to the museum. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. so. Um, so I'll I'll have to get back to you on what happened on my vacation because it, it started officially yesterday. Well, awesome. Yeah, cool. that's uh, that's pretty awesome though. You're kind of you work through the holidays, but then you get you get to ring in the new year the right way with some oh, yeah. time exactly. off. Exactly. Nine days. Nine oh, that's days. a healthy vacation. Do you have anything planned? Are you just uh, you well, just chilling? No, actually, I was. I and I mean, in a sense, I had something planned. I planned to do nothing. Um, I'm trying <laughs> to like. I'm try, I like. I really like the idea of just not having a schedule for the next nine days. So I haven't planned anything out. I'm going to do whatever I want. I might make a trip up, visit my parents at some point, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm. I, it's been a long time since I've not had something pressing to do every day. Yeah. And so it's I'm trying to get myself back into a state of slowing things down because even it's a weird thing to try to go to bed and I feel like I constantly forgot to set my alarm um, is where I'm at mm -hmm. right now. So basically just trying to decompress from working the holidays and then everything before that. Okay. Nice. Okay. What about you, Katie? Uh, pretty much same here. I've been having to work. Uh, I mean, I'm, I know I'm going to sound like Ying 2.0 or actually no Ying 0.5 because I'm much, I'm on <laughs> a far lower level. Well, no, you have, <laughs> but you do have some very big museum oriented news. I do? You do. Katie, of course you do. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> uh, I mean, I was just going to talk about, you know, working at the, you know, the winter lights, the, uh, is that what did you have in mind? Ying? I gotta know. Am I am I missing something crucial? Yeah, I would say I would say the conditions upon which you were working at the museum have changed. Your, oh yeah, that's true, baby. Your terms of employment are now different. I'll be honest, I really was not going to mention that, but that is pretty important to talk about. Thank you. I actually. <laughs> uh, so up until now, I've just been I've been hired on as a, a seasonal position at where I work, and I uh, ended up making it through to. Uh, uh, a permanent employee for a gallery guide. So pretty happy with that. It's a weird feeling, you know, you feel happy, but you go in and you, you know, oh, my, my friend Jake is gone. Oh, Victoria is gone. Oh, oh. And I was going to say, kind of is there that... like a culling at the end of the, the seasonal <sighs> time? Yeah, because, uh, and, and this is really tragic, but um, <laughs> for, for me, like mentally. So there's, uh, how did it work out? There were two days that I was working. I get an email saying, uh, an email that went out to all of the uh, seasonal hires that said, you know, uh, as stated during the hiring process, you've been uh, hired on to work until this date, and uh, which is, you know, the seventh. And if we plan to keep you any longer, you'll you'll be notified no later than the fifth. 
All right. So it's the, uh, what would it be? It would be the, uh, the fourth and I work that morning and I oversleep. I criminally <laughs> oversleep. Like uh, I'm talking, I get supposed do. to be there at 1023. I wake up at 1029. Oh boy. I, you're I, the one that got hired on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I'm freaking out. I'm thinking, okay, he already left. He already left. There's no possible way I can Uber. You know, maybe I'll Uber. I can't take the bus. Of course not. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be far too late. Something about Ubering. I call in, let them know I'm gonna be late, and they're like, you know what? Just don't bother coming in today. Ooh. And I'm like, ooh, oh boy, oh, my chest. And I'm freaking out. And then like maybe ten minutes later. My friend Jake tells me that, who also works there, he tells me that he got the email letting him go. And I'm oh, like boy. full freaking out. And I'm, you know, dreading it. But then things start slowly looking up. I'm remembering, like, I look at myself compared to some other uh, seasonal hires. I'm like, come on, make the smart choice. You know, but that's that doesn't mean anything. That's just my personal <laughs> thing. I had uh, one of the, because my brother actually works at the cafe at the museum. And, uh, Everybody knows him because he sees everybody, you know, working at the counter. And uh, he serves like one of the heads of security. And one of the heads of security was talking to me and he's like, I'm really glad he brought you to us. And that that really meant a lot to me. So I'm thinking like, he said that to me. He can't say that and then not take me on full time. And then I get an email later that day that's like, it's uh, saying uh, we're issuing out a second shirt to all of our hires. So if you uh, make sure you stop by and like, okay. Why would they send me this if they're letting go? <laughs> I open up and I have two monitors. One has the email to the seasonal hires. One has the email to everybody. And I'm like cross-referencing recipients. And I'm noticing that some seasonal hires are gone from that email. So I'm like, okay, things are looking up. And then I officially, you know, within like the next day, I get the email hiring me on. So huge weight off my shoulders. And yeah, you really went like internet detective on that one. To try yeah, to I had to, dude. I was freaking out. You can no, only play so much... Yeah, you can only play so much League of Legends before your your mind starts to <laughs> just break and worry too much. I, I tried. Lo- I love that, that you day, but... you decided to play life on hard mode and like be late for work during oh a pivotal time God. when they were hiring know, on people a... full time. It's because <laughs> like I didn't have. Go ahead. Your on the job performance must be stellar. Oh yeah, I'm a killer. If that kind of timing occurred to you and they still took you on. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's because I didn't do any laundry the day before, and so I stayed up until like two thirty <laughs> doing laundry. And I okay, I have no excuse, but it's all over. I'm on. Think life is good, you know. So, and then, uh, but I did have to work. Uh, you know, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Uh, uh, only doing the evening shift for Christmas Day, which was the the Winter Lights exhibit we have going on, which is like, it's it ended tonight. Actually, it was like 1 million Christmas lights. I think I talked about this before, but it's oh. actually been taking off like extremely well, like stupid well. Like you go out there and it's cool. The atmosphere is cool. There really aren't that many like lights going on. But um, I mean, there are, but it's not like jaw dropping, but it's a really cool time. It's a fun time. But I'm I'm hearing like they estimated 35,000 tickets sold. They reached about 70,000 by the end of the event. We're getting into articles in like NBC talking about like the top three attractions in the United States. Uh, one of them being Winter Lights, and like one of the top twenty-five of the world to visit for the holiday. Really? Wow. And it, yeah, it was it was just crazy because like, why is this doing so well? We're thinking it must be you know, the atmosphere 
like every 90 percent of the people that go there talk about you know the, the their experiences with the guides and how friendly the staff is so i i mean i guess that's just what people <laughs> enjoyed out of it i mean but it, it was just cool it, it was cool that it's was that successful so you have a pretty so. high bar to live up to now that you're you're there for good yeah i uh actually after all this press i mean people are going to come in with real high expectations <laughs> i'm here to see that david boy that uh i read about in the newspaper <laughs> is he here is i like, no, he's late he uh <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> but no that's it's been a pretty you know pretty chill other than that pun completely intended i'm sorry uh mm. <laughs> What have uh what have you boys gotten for Christmas? If uh you know, just a casual segue there. Anything noteworthy? Well, my parents were uh we I just did Christmas with my parents and they were traveling in Asia uh right up to Christmas Eve. So they actually mm. flew in from Hong Kong uh and got back uh got back to Canada around ten PM my time, uh on okay. Christmas Eve. And so we had like our Christmas celebration at like 2 a.m. Christmas Day because they're coming back from a 13-hour time difference and I'm used to staying up late anyways. Um, it was sort of a, we did sort of like a small Christmas deal, so nothing too exciting, but they brought back a bunch of um, a bunch of like shirts and ties and souvenirs from uh, from Hong Kong, which were really nice. They go oh, to this cool high-class store um, that's that's in Hong Kong, and it was mostly like nothing big. It was just kind of like things that were nice to have. I, I unfortunately Hardballer's not here. I did get. Uh, three very lovely pairs of socks. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, we got, we got a viewer question uh, asking that specifically. Who got oh, socks? I'm from, glad from because I am, I'm, to the day, I'm taken aback about how upset Hardballer was that I yeah. feel socks are not only not only a satisfactory gift, but an excellent one. Like, I am, I am happy to get socks every Christmas. Yeah, that was, that was a very strange moment of the KB mod career is <laughs> the whole sequence of that, that Twitter question. But, uh, <laughs> no, we didn't, uh, we didn't do like a really big gifts exchange. I got my parents, uh, a couple of new, um, pieces, uh, or like, I guess pieces of decoration for their, for their dream home. They recently moved into their dream waterfront home oh, cool. a few months ago. So, um, they were missing a couple of things that I know my parents like, um, basically just in terms of like art and, uh, blankets and things like that. So, that's what I got for them, and then I don't know. It was just nice to see them because I had to head back um, basically right after Christmas, so it was more so catching up with them very quickly, and then heading back, heading okay. back to work. Yeah, I, gotcha. I also I got I think I got one pair of socks. I was okay with it, but you know, I, I listened to the last episode. I was certainly surprised there was that much vigor around uh, the fourth item. Like that's you know that's generally the <laughs> yeah. item that you're like yeah fine if I get it great if not you know whatever. Yeah, Hardballer's answer was like, I think a pet rabbit or something. <laughs> he listed like three very expensive firearms, and then I was gonna say, yeah, it's like who, rabbit. who, who does he have buying him gifts? Yeah. Where like all, all the top of his Christmas list is just like firearms that are easily in the hundreds of dollars, if not thousands. It's like I, you know, I generally don't ask for stuff like that because I don't expect people to get me something that expensive, and I'd probably be uncomfortable if they did. Yeah. Right. So I, I get the expensive stuff myself, and that's actually I never I never really have as an adult. I feel like I don't ever have a long Christmas list. Like my parents ask me what I want for Christmas, mm. and I'm just like I I don't know. Like I'm just gonna I'm gonna come home and see people. You know, don't get me don't get me anything that I can't easily put in my suitcase. You know, that's already got stuff in it. 
Like, uh, give me some, maybe get me something small or, I don't know, gift card or whatever. You know, just if we have to do this, just get me, some, get me something small. Gotcha. Uh, but this year, I actually did have, I had like kind of a last minute gift that I was excited about. And I was like, this is perfect. Uh, I asked for a Raspberry Pi. And there were like, you know, because Raspberry Pis are like 40 bucks. I yeah. was like, that's perfect. You know, that's like, that's a good, it's a gift I'll enjoy, but it's not expensive. And so the thing is, I had to tell my mom pretty much exactly what to get because you have to get like the Raspberry Pi, but then you also probably want to get like a little case and, mm-hmm. you know, like the power yeah. cord and stuff. The cable. And, uh, and I also needed an SD card reader and an SD card. So like right. I had, to, I basically gave her an Amazon wish list and I was like, these are the <laughs> things. I was like, you, all of these have to go together. So I was like, I don't mean to, I don't mean to, to you know, put, uh, put a too fine a point on it, but like, if you're gonna get them, you have to get all of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because exactly. getting getting me these in pieces is not gonna work. Um, Are you going to make it a retro pie? Uh, so I was. Uh, that was the thing. Is like I I decided to get one, or you know, to ask for one, and so my parents got me that, and I just started messing around with it while I was uh, while I was at my parents' house, and seeing what I wanted to do with it. And one of the things that I settled on. Uh, was this uh, this home automation software, like open source home automation software? I've kind of been going deep down that rabbit hole recently. Oh, okay. And uh, and so that's one of them. But I was so like I was having so much fun with it. I was like, oh man, I already I need a second one to play with. If I'm gonna have a certain piece of software on this one, I gotta have right. another one. So I ended up before I even left and came back home, I had ordered a second one to be delivered here. Oh, so I cool. now have two Raspberry Pis, um, and I'm. I may do I may do a retro pie, but I'm not like a I'm not a huge retro gamer. Like just because I don't when I have time to play games, I have so much stuff to play already. Right. Yeah. It's uh it's not retro games are just like not the thing that I will probably spend my time on. But gotcha. um but anyway, so yeah, I've, I've messed around with the Raspberry Pi a whole bunch, and that's been fun. Um, that's that pretty was, like, cool. Yeah. I don't know if it was uh. I was talking to Reddish Blue at Pittsburgh on like Raspberry Pis. I don't know if it was him or one of his friends, but someone had like Raspberry Pis around their entire house, like for lights and like like curtains opening and closing. So like, yeah, I, don't know if, like, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot you can do with them because it's pretty much just a little Linux box, and it doesn't take up much power, doesn't take up any space. So, um, so it's kind of like the world is your oyster if you want to hack on it. Right. Um, exactly. And so, yeah, I've, I've sort of looked around for different projects and uh, found this home automation one and kind of went into that. And yeah, so I have a second one that I'm kind of trying to see what I want to do with. But that's been fun. So I was like tinkering with that stuff a fair bit over the holidays and uh, got some other stuff. You know, of course, um, got like a coffee uh, coffee grinder because I've been Ooh. slowly. I got I got a new coffee machine from Hillary for uh, for Christmas and. I want to get more into like making good coffee because I don't I, I don't mm. drink like a ton of coffee, but I'll have a you know maybe a cup a day um, in the afternoons and yeah. stuff. And so when I make coffee at home, it's normally just on the weekends, and I have like one cup. So I was like, you know, maybe I should get a little more serious about making actual good coffee instead of you know like the garbage Keurig stuff that I normally drink. So, uh, so I decided to ask for a coffee grinder and actually get, you know, beans instead of the pre-ground coffee and all that. So I'm, uh, I'm definitely not, I'm not like a coffee snob, 
but I thought I'll, I'll try and I'll try it out. You know, I'll try and get a little more serious about it. And so far, it's been pretty good. Like, I, I can taste a, a little bit of a difference. And I don't drink enough coffee where it's like really bothersome to have to do my own grinding and all that. So it makes it a little right. bit more of a project. But, okay. but yeah, had had some good good time off. Just getting back into the swing of things at work and all that. Uh, you know, it's 2018, so everything everything keeps going. Yeah, yeah. Had a good Christmas also. Uh, my uh, sister came up from Florida, which she only does like pretty much twice a year. So it was good seeing her. And uh, that made it pretty much a house of six people celebrating Christmas. And we're the kind of people that go for like quantity over quality. So it was just a, and I'm not trying to brag at all or like sound, you know, materialistic or anything, but it was just a stupid amount of presents under the tree when we all got up. It was just like, cause we all like, we all went above and beyond like for everybody. Like we all just spent way too much money. So like it got to the point where we're all, we're all opening presents and it's not like, you know, huge, big baller money and presents, but we're all like, guys, we actually got to hurry this up. It's been three hours <laughs> and we still have presents to open. But, um, yeah, so it was, it was fun. I got, um, the, the main thing that I got was a, a, a piano or a, or a keyboard basically. Nice. Because, uh, that's something I've wanted to kind of put some time into because I, I played the cello for a bit in middle school and I was, I've always been really like musically inclined, but, uh, and I, and I love the piano, but I've never really like, had access to one. So it's just one of those, some, uh, some creative streams. Uh, I don't, I think that'd be under if Twitch had a cringe category, then uh, it'd be under there or cringe category. But I mean, uh, what well, we'll see. I'm not really confident with where I am. Like I can't even read sheet music. I mean, I could a long time ago, but not anymore. So I, there's a lot of relearning. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Okay, but um, just, you know, everyone, everyone has different ways of hitting it big. Maybe, uh, Maybe you're the next big music streamer. This guy, watch this guy. He's so bad at piano, but I can't stop watching. <laughs> I mean, we've already, we already here. know you got you got bars, so Ooh, you could be you could be the could whole package like, uh, with some practice. Like yeah, you could do like live anime dubbing. Yeah, that is actually something I do want to do. Like, I've I've I want to fan dub stuff because yeah. I think being a voice actor is cool. Anyways, that's really off topic. <laughs> but, um, uh, what what have we anything we've been eating that's noteworthy because we've been gone a few weeks and we obviously had the holidays so there's typically some pretty pretty juicy meals around the holidays well like i said i didn't spend too long uh too long at my at my parents uh house to do anything too special um but what i have been doing is uh, this this vacation that I'm just starting, one of the things I wanted to do is try to get more familiar with uh, sort of the local markets that are in my immediate area because I live in sort of the downtown core. And uh, the first thing I found out, I didn't find this out, I knew this ahead of time, but um, the city that I live in has uh, a relatively deep set uh, German history. Uh, and so a lot of the smaller um, restaurants and food markets that you'll find around are German cuisine. And so while I was out, I, I, there was um, a very small vendor selling bratwurst. And I realized that I don't think I've ever actually eaten bratwurst before. Really? And so I, I bought like a package and it was, you, you know, you take it home, you cook it. It wasn't like he was cooking it on the street. Um, but I realized like, I don't really know anything about it. I don't know how you're supposed to cook it. 
so I went online and found out you're supposed to cook it with like, there's like two different ways you need to cook it. And then you're cooking it with ale and you need to, to simmer it for a certain amount of time. And I was like, well, now I, I already, I already bought the dang thing. So I might as well do the whole thing now. And so I did everything. I, I, you're supposed to like sear it and then simmer it and then simmer it with ale. And it was delicious. It was fantastic. It was my first time ever actually eating bratwurst. And it was, it was very good. I think that's actually what stands out more than anything for me right now. That's awesome. Um, and you made it yourself. And I made it myself, which was, I was worried about how, how it was going to go because the instructions that you find like anywhere you look up at how to cook bratwurst are very specific. And it seems like there's like this high bar that you have to meet in order to make good bratwurst. Um, but it was, nice. it was definitely an experience and I'm definitely going to do it again. It was very good. It was a lot of work, but it was good. Yeah, that sounds like, you know, it's good to have like one good solid home-cooked meal during the holidays and especially if uh if that was your first time having it and you made it yourself that's uh that's pretty awesome ad any uh any interesting meals over the holidays well uh there are specific meals that uh my sister loves that uh you know my dad is you know an excellent cook so he always makes a point to like try and make as much as what she likes as uh he can which works out for me because it's all just delicious food so, uh, like, I mean, let me think. There's, like, this beef and noodles that he makes. is really good. Uh, he did make country fried steak, which is mm. normally delicious. But uh, I was working that night, so I was going to have it when I got home. Come to find out, everyone that had that country fried steak was, like, like in the bathroom and, you know, had, like, really bad diarrhea. And, like, oh, they man. think it might have been, like, food poisoned, possibly. Like, they weren't, like, sick or anything, but... It was very heartbreaking because, yeah, I mean, and I, for a minute I was like, do I really want to, I mean, it's country fried steak, baby. I mean, <laughs> I, I can, like what you, if I chew and take spit that chance? Out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ended up not doing it, but, uh, just mainly all, all around a pretty, pretty good food Nice over the holidays. So yeah. Yeah. I'm very thankful. Yeah. We had some really good food. We had, uh, we did have prime rib again, uh, for Ooh. like. Uh, after christmas i think like boxing day or thereabouts and uh mm -hmm. made made some more homemade horseradish it was fantastic had uh had a good amount of tamales because that's kind of a you know southern texas uh sort of thing you have around the holidays so i had a lot of tamales had some chili had uh Add some Hoppin' John which i don't know if people know what that is but it's like black eyed peas and rice and ham kind of all mixed together. Uh, I love having that. So I had that. Had a, basically, that's like all I eat from probably the 28th to the first of the year. Pretty much every meal is is that. Okay. So I had some, I had some really good food. Um, and then had to, you know, you have to come back down to reality. Like a lot of the food is pretty rich. And, you know, I'm not like really getting any exercise over the holidays. So it was, it was nice, but I came back like wanting to wanting to put myself on a diet because I just felt you know you kind of feel more bloated I had like a mm. bunch of stuff that has a lot of salt in it so getting kind of getting back on that horse now but yeah so many good meals over Christmas awesome cool cool and that All takes right. us into what we've been playing uh, I don't know I don't know if Ying maybe hasn't had a ton of time if he's been working but what about you KD have you uh I mean, we'll get to Ying oh. too. I didn't mean to sound dismissive. Maybe Ying's been playing <laughs> games 
<laughs> like crazy. I think it was cool, but uh, no, nah, fuck that guy. Uh, Kate. <laughs> what uh, what what did either of you play uh, to finish out 2017? I'm gonna toss this KB mod question ball. I'm gonna popcorn Ying. Okay. Take this baby. All right. Uh, contrary to very recent suggestions, I actually have been playing quite a few new games. Okay. Uh, the last purchase that I made before uh, we turned over the new year was I bought it was it's I'll get into it but it's not a great game but oh, I was no. I've been curious about it for such a long time I played the played the beta and I had a great time with it I knew it was going to be a dead game for several reasons but I picked it up on sale Oh I saw you playing this I picked it up on sale cuz I knew I was going to have at least a little bit of fun with it mm. uh, I have been playing For Honor Ooh, okay. Anyone forgot about that game? Not only is that totally understandable. Yeah, gotta, <laughs> um, jo- yeah. gotta jog my memory for that one. <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear your hot take on this. For Honor, the uh, I remember seeing this announced what was like maybe two or three years ago at E3, mm-hmm. and it looked pretty good. It looked like it was going to be like a, a new take on sort of the melee combat fighting system. Uh, it, the game looked gorgeous. The the animations looked very interesting. Uh, sort of like this fantasy uh, knights versus samurai versus Vikings kind of deal. Um, they they did like a closed beta and then an open beta. And honestly, they were both pretty. They were both a lot of fun, but people were pretty skeptical about the game for two big reasons. One in that they didn't really see a lot of incentive to keep playing the game. Uh, Beyond the fact that it was, you know, it was mostly multiplayer, and they were there were concerns about how they're going to keep the multiplayer fresh and interesting, and it's on uh, it's on the infamous peer to peer connection for multiplayer, mm-hmm. uh, which provides a lot of issues for making sure that two or more players are actually in sync with one another um, as as far as you know what they're seeing uh, gameplay wise, which poses a big problem. Um, so I even though I picked it up on sale and I wouldn't recommend buying it. I do think the fighting system in For Honor is a lot of fun. Uh, I like the way that they um, sort of made the timing, the timing-based interaction with other players, uh, how you lead into combos, how you interrupt combos. It's sort of like pretty basic, I guess, if you're used to fighting games. But um, it, it looks good and it's fun if you're not hardcore into fighting games. The problem comes in that with this peer-to-peer connection, because there's notable lag different uh, between you and your opponent, that's a huge problem for a game that depends on you clicking the right button at the exact right time when your opponent does something. And yeah. first you're thinking like, maybe this isn't, maybe it's not that bad, right? Like maybe it's not so noticeable that this makes the game unplayable. I'm talking about, you will see your opponent start an animation and you will take damage before the animation actually oh, finishes. No. So you can't actually prevent some attacks because they will on on the other person's end they will have already finished by the time you even realize what they're doing and so the difference between playing offline and like playing against a bot which to to fair play against ubisoft i guess they actually did manage to make the bots somewhat difficult but the idea of playing against the bot and how different the timing feels playing offline versus online is spectacular like it's it's unacceptable like how how terrible this game is to play online really specifically because you're supposed to be so pinpoint with all of your timing on terms of like blocking and parrying and counterattacking, and when it's offline it feels great 
But the moment you're online, all of those mechanics that this poor dev team worked so hard to perfect <laughs> don't matter because you can't yeah. actually see what your opponent is doing in real time. That's, uh, That's that juicy Ubisoft netcode, baby. Oh, goodness. And like, like, you really would think it's not that bad, right? Like, how bad could this connection really be? The instant you log into an online game, you will get hit by someone's sword before you actually see it happening on the screen. And so you can't <laughs> interrupt or block it. I mean, oh my God. you'll get some games where it feels fine. I've also had games where I know that I have a connection advantage because this other person isn't blocking anything. And I know <laughs> it's because they can't see what I'm doing in time. That's brutal. Um, I, I also, I was having a chat with someone about this game uh, last week, and I'm not quite sure. Someone will have to verify, but I heard that uh, Ubisoft was just now looking into getting the game dedicated servers, which is like, man, way too little, way too late. Yeah, a little bit. Um, surprisingly, I haven't had an issue finding a game online. I don't think I've waited in queue for more than like maybe 40 seconds really? to actually get into a match. I think uh, so the, the player base dead. is still, I mean, they still have a player base. I think it's just probably, yeah. it looked like it could be a big game. And I think now it's it's fallen off quite a bit to where it's probably... They probably still have maybe a few thousand, but for how many copies they sold, you know, they, they really had an opportunity and I think they, they squandered it for a lot yeah. of reasons, but like that net code feels like a big one. That like it, the, the meta the would come down is... the meta would come down to just like connection advantage and you can't really you can't really dig into a game like that. Uh and, and that skill ceiling is gonna always be governed by just connection, which sucks. Right. Yeah, yeah. and that's the problem too, because there is no, it, that whole issue with the netcode creates this atmosphere in the game where it sort of invalidates anything that anyone does in terms of how good they are at the game. Like, I don't know, did I actually beat this person or did I just have a good connection? Did I actually lose that match or was I just lagging around? It's hard to say. Um, right. Which would be bad because I will still stand by the, uh, by the notion that the fighting system is still fun. If you're in the fighting games, it's going to feel very rudimentary to you and very basic. Um, the fighting is very animation heavy. It's meant to be flashy instead of technical. But nonetheless, there is like some combos you can learn. There's uh, each character has its own very unique playstyle. I would say there aren't any. There's like I think there's maybe twelve heroes, and each one plays respectively different from any other hero. Um, which is it? And it's almost like it kind of makes me sad to talk about it because there are some parts of the game that I do really like about it, uh, but. I mean, if you can't pick up this game on sale, like I, I, I paid 30 Canadians, so you're talking about like what, 20, 23, 24 American. Yeah. I don't even know if I'd recommend it at that point. It's, there's just not, an, like I'm getting the amount of time uh, that I do right now out of it just because I am able to give myself the enjoyment out of how the fighting system works. But I think for the average person, it's, I don't even know if it's really worth picking up. I also, they do have a campaign single player in there too. Uh, what? They do? Yeah, they do. And it's not, it's, again, it's still not worth it. It's not going to save the game at all. But it mm -hmm. was, uh, it was all right. They made it, they made it a little difficult. They, the story was a little bit uninspired, but whatever. It, it, it made me spend like six hours in the game. <laughs> was it just, uh, like, was it original content or were you just playing like multiplayer games? With no, bots? no, it was original content. They were actually like okay. story missions. Um, huh. And they, you know, mo uh, pretty much every, anything you were doing in that game had a narrative to it, uh, which was nice because I know a lot of people were worried that it was just going to be like, yeah, it was going to be the multiplayer game modes, but with like a story loosely right. traced around it. Uh, but no, they actually, it's, it's unique level design for all, for all of it.
Okay, that's um, good. But outside of that, uh, I've also been playing uh, They Are Billions. Oh, which tell me about this. About. Tell me about yeah. this, because so, I've been thinking about getting it because it seems like the type of RTS that is exactly up my alley. It's like, yes. I, I really, I always enjoyed uh, just like turtling in single player and playing like comp stomp matches in the RTSs yes. I used to play. And this seems like that's basically that. So that I've been watching it, thinking if I should buy it. Yeah, if you are, if you, played, uh, if you play RTSs and you were used to the idea of just stacking defense upon defense upon defense and you take pride in, in securing like a part of the map and you're really dedicated to that kind of thing, it's literally that, the game. Um, the, huh. it's, I guess the best way to describe it, it's sort of like a survival RTS. Um, it's, uh, it's a very basic, like if you think about any kind of city or civilization builder, you have buildings you need to place around certain spots in the map to gather resources and you have a population you got to take care of. Um, the whole twist on it is that it's set in sort of this post-apocalyptic uh, zombie, zombie infested area. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to build up this colony that can sustain itself, but also survive these massive hordes of zombies that will every now and then want to uh, basically destroy any building that you've, you've erected. And you are doing that for, uh, it, for a certain amount of time. It depends on the difficulties you select. But at the end of the game, uh, on the final day, however long your game length was, it will send a massive zombie horde uh, from every direction uh, wow. that will just like lay this relentless assault on the walls of your colony until either you've managed to weather this assault or they've broken through and they infect your entire colony. So the end result is, is just you basically spending you know, 150 days in-game trying to build this colony as fast as you can to gather resources so you can build just uh, seemingly like ridiculous amounts of defense. Uh, because my first experience with the game was I actually didn't know that the end of the game was this big final horde. I thought that this was just sort of like go for <laughs> oh, as long shit. as you can kind of deal. But while you're uh, building, there are like large hordes that come by. Like it's, it's not just the one final one. There will be like large hordes throughout the game. And so I had what I considered to be a very respectable defense. Those large hordes that were being sent by uh, were not really getting anywhere near the, the, my command center, which is where all the zombies are trying to destroy. Uh, the art style of the game is pretty basic. It's not very graphics heavy. I, I would imagine most systems can run this with no issue whatsoever. Um, and the reason I mention that is because I'm on, a, I'm on an i7-4770 and a GTX 970. And of course, the game runs butter smooth, no issues whatsoever. Nice. But then your advisor pops up in the corner for that <laughs> final wave. And he says, sir, there's a huge wave of zombies coming from every direction. They are billions. And then it'll do like an, an hour countdown before this final wave oh, starts. Oh, man, that's cool. And once that hour ticked over, I'm not kidding you, I dropped well below 30 frames. <laughs> and I knew it was going to be rough. From that exact moment that was like oh this is not gonna go well that's <laughs> like, such a note like i had two two layers of like these stone walls with like all these like machine guns set up on them like i thought i felt pretty secure and i'm telling you i got nowhere close to surviving that wave they <laughs> oh, they man. busted through every little single piece of defense that i had in there like if you want to survive in this game you have to go like your your number one concern is 
gathering resources in order to build defenses. Like the fact that you can build houses for colonists or um, you can set up uh, research stations, like that's, that's all very tertiary because it all needs to be focused on you building as much defense as possible, preparing for this final wave. Because even though I, I, I think I maybe held out against that last wave for about a minute and a half, and in that time, there, there's just like a constant stream of infected bashing against your defenses. In the minute and a half that it took for them to get into my command center and destroy it, I still did not see the end of that wave. Like they were still coming in from the grayed out zones that I couldn't see. Uh, oh. So like they really gave it, gave, like, give it the feeling of like there are literally billions of these infected coming to destroy your colony. That's really cool. What difficulty like were you playing? I was playing, so they do it by percentage. Mm -hmm. um, I think you can bring it up to 800% or something like that, which is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but I was playing at 55%, which is which is twice the difficulty you need to unlock the next map. Okay. So I was doing at like, I think I had 120 days to build my defenses. Uh, the map that I was building, it had a medium population. So like the population determines how many zombies there are spawned in the map already. Uh, so I was playing on a medium one, so there was like a, a fair amount of zombies uh, spawned around. And uh, I mean, I just stood no chance. Like I got to the final wave, but that final wave just ramps up so much that it, it made me realize that if you're going to play this game, you have to, from day one, be focused on building defense and basically expanding uh, colonists and food and every other resource by necessity in order to support those defenses. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so hearing, I mean, hearing you talk about it, up, I've had a. Yeah, hearing you talk about it, I feel like I've I've got to pick it up. Yeah, I it's the first RTS in a while because like I'm the same way. I do really enjoy RTSs. This is the first one that has, uh, actively stumped me. Like even Anno, like Anno is a difficult, uh, a difficult uh, like Civ builder and RTS, but you can get the hang of it and you sort of know how you're supposed to handle that situation. The map in They Are Billions is always different. Like how you need to plan your defenses in your colony is always different. Like going into a new map feels like a new challenge every single time. And it's sort of uh, anxiety inducing because with every day that passes by, you know that you're closer to that final horde that is going to be like, no matter what you do, is going to be ridiculous to try to stop. Yeah, that sounds super fun. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm looking at gameplay of it now. It's just on the store page. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at that gift that has the people with the flamethrowers and oh my yeah. god. Well, I mean like, like you're you're like researching tech to try to to try to like get new units that are better at killing zombies and you're mm -hmm. building towers and and all these kinds of defenses that are supposed to work in conjunction with one another and okay. I've tried like different kinds of kinds of defenses where like you're trying to build walls that don't have defenses just so you can buy yourself more time and the zombies will get stuck on them for at least a little bit and it's. Uh, I have yet to win no. a game. I have yet to win a game of <laughs> They Are Billions. Really? Wow. Sounds real okay. fun. Um, How long? It, you said it was 150 in-game days. How in much like days, real I time? Think, uh, I think a day is supposed to last. Uh, I want to say like maybe. Uh, I'm going to take a really wild. I could be completely incorrect, but I want to say it's anywhere between five to ten minutes. I know that's a pretty big gap, but okay, okay. I, I honestly I'm not sure off the top of my head. I think I think the days are shorter than that. I've watched some streams, and I think if you if you don't pause it. You can pause the game, um, and like you know, you can think about your defenses or whatever. But I think if you don't pause it, I think it's closer to like a minute or two. Okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. At least from All what right. I was saying. 
And then very, very quickly, because I've been talking for a while, uh, I got back into World of Warcraft, not, not live. I've been playing on a private server. Uh, and mm. I spent all day today playing Diablo 3. Nice. Um, I bought Reaper of Souls, and I've been, I been uh, playing as a Crusader, and I've been enjoying it. I've been, I've been having fun with that. I enjoy the, the feel campaign? of that game. Yeah, I'm playing through the campaign okay. right now. I just nice. finished the main, like the, the base storyline, and I've just started the Reaper of Souls um, acts. Awesome. Well, cool. Once you, uh, once you finish the storyline, we'll, we'll have to play some seasonal. Yeah. I have to say, I really, I don't, I know a lot of people, at least from what I've heard, don't really care about the storyline in Diablo, but I really enjoy uh, the feeling of that world, like how they do the angels and the demons and how humanity came to be. Like, I thought, I think it's a pretty cool storyline. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good story. I, I think people had crazy expectations for the story, and I feel like that, uh, like once they, the, the original story plus Reaper, like, I think it's a pretty good story for a Diablo game. Yeah. Yeah, oh, cool. it's just been a new experience for me, and I've been enjoying it. That's great. Cool. Well, that's, cool. that's pretty varied. What about you, Katie? Awesome. Uh, I, I played way too fucking much. I played way too much this well, let's past. Hear, let's uh, hear the highlights, or the lowlights, as it were. Okay. I'll try to go as quickly as possible. So I finished uh, Hellblade, Sun with Sacrifice. Uh, that game was awesome and really I worth the... I saw your absolutely glowing review mm, of yeah. that game on Steam. Yeah, that game is really, like, you can really appreciate certain games for really setting themselves apart and being unique. Like, Hellblade is absolutely that. Like, the, the studio that made it, well, that also made, you know, DMC and, like, you know, Heavenly Sword or Enslaved, who has kind of really been under the radar, this game has really solid, solidified them as a dev to, like, look out for. Because, like, mm -hmm. they just killed it with this game. And, like, after I finished it, they actually include... Uh, a video that's about like half an hour like documentary in the game about the making of it and the research into like I definitely think it's the most innovative game of the year because of how they use uh like sound design to like like uh imitate the voices in her head that is just genuinely uncomfortable like <laughs> there are plenty of times like I'll be playing on like will you people please shut up and it's just like you can there's an option in the like audio to like change the volume of the voices and i mean i guess if you really wanted to you could turn the voices down but like no this is the experience you gotta <laughs> you gotta keep it on and it was just it was really real storytelling the ending was just like i have no idea what to make of it but um it, it was really worth my time it's, it was about i'd say like seven hours of, of game time okay. and uh it, yeah that was a really good experience uh i i really tried to finish hob I sat down and played that game. I, that game is just because, because you know, Runic Games' last game. I want to see what it's about. That game is so baffling how a game can have incredible level design, but yeah, it has some I, of the. I yeah. heard you talking about this. I I really oh. want you to to describe how this came to be because I saw you tweeting about oh, it and you were talking about you were you were praising to high heaven the uh, the level design. Yeah, so it's what what brings it what brings it down for you then because I'm. So you've, you've got really great level design, but really bad game design. Because you go through the levels, and it's everything you can tell has been painstakingly crafted over however many years they took making this game. Because the huge, the huge like, draw of the game is changing the world around you, how everything fits together. But, and it's just it, jaw-dropping sometimes how like, they've come up with this. 
But then when you go back to the gameplay, it amounts to like it's platforming in the sense that you're just you run to this place, hit a switch, watch everything change, run over here. You have combat. This is a, this is a like uh, I don't know if I call it a puzzle game because there really aren't any puzzles. You just okay. hit switches and change the world. I wouldn't call it an action game because there's so the action is so sparse and the combat is so weak and there are so few enemy types and every enemy type has the most predictable like one luckily two different actions that they'll be able to do you can you know the tall enemies you kind of break the game if you have them next to a wall because every single attack they wrap up they'll just clank against the wall and just be stuck in that animation and it's the story they tried going for, you know, no spoken word. The story is entirely through cutscenes and the world around you. That would be cool if the story was actually like interesting or if like the game, the story was designed around something like that. Like there are literally cutscenes where you can tell that they were really struggling to get like tell this story like without, you know, any oh. spoken word. It's not like other games, like literally they'll have uh, like a character go like, whoa, whoa, whoa and like the fake language or not even a language they're just mumbling and they'll wave their hands their hands around they're like gesturing it's like i'm really trying to tell you this plot but i'm just gonna point and gesture at stuff like they're trying to communicate with you but they can't because <laughs> they won't let them and so i, I feel like the plot was kind of weak and it's buggy too the fucking grappling hook is so broken and the checkpoint system is like i really really tried hard to like this game but i just it just wasn't for me, you know. It's got very positive reviews on Steam. It's just for me. I just found it way too boring, okay. and I—I'll be honest. I ended up looking the looking up the cutscene video. And... Yeah, say so. It sounds to me like, uh, aside from the technical issues, your issue with it is that the medium they use to tell the story is not very well executed, and as a result, the story they're trying to tell couldn't keep you engaged. Right. It's uh, okay. the thing about the story is that if you're gonna leave it like not very outright told and leave it open to interpretation and, and like kind of sparsely told, then you need to give us something to think about. It's a very bare bones story, and it's told in a way that doesn't really like reinforce that. It's it like there's no deeper theory to uncover okay. about the story. It sounds there's nothing... like you're uh, you're comparing it to like the very high. I mean, this is a very high bar, and I think this is unreasonable to compare to but i mean look at dark souls right like mm -hmm. they don't actively they don't very often tell the story outright it's usually through pieces of lore that you pick up and right. through very brief interactions and things you see in the world are you are you looking for a story like are, are you saying that they were trying to emulate something like that obviously not to that degree but i i, I don't know <laughs> it's just it's nothing happens Story Nothing happens. Okay. Yeah, and the thing is, like, and I know this is like a weird, like, millennial complaint, but there are no, <laughs> <laughs> there are no, you know, I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about, but there are no boss fights or anything like that. There's no finality to the game. You'll do a level, you'll complete this entire segment, you'll hit the switch at the end that completely changes everything, and you finish the level, and there's no boss fight. You just like hit the switch and leave, go back to the hub world, and like, there's no. You, you feel like, what have I really accomplished here? And that's the same thing for every level. It's just, it's just on, on top of everything, most simple criticism I can give about this game is just that it was too boring. Okay. And uh, the map is way too confusing. Uh, sometimes the objective marker 
Uh, they didn't bother adding any text there either, because why would they? That would be too on the nose for, uh, you know, the game they're trying to tell. But the marker, it just it doesn't explain very well where to go. Instead of pointing like to a specific location, it just kind of points you to the general area and doesn't really do a good job telling you how to get there. But um, it's been a minute since I, you know, played it. So I just remember being extremely <laughs> bored by this game. And I was very disappointed because i again i mean runic games i love torchlight and this is i mean i, I don't know if they put off more than they can chew but yeah i mean i'm is, scrolling through uh through their steam reviews right now and you're right it's like it's positives all the way all the way down yeah but the one negative review that i did find was essentially exactly what you're saying graphics cinematography and atmosphere are great while well, they said the puzzles are nice i am disappointed mm-hmm. by the awful storytelling oh, i found it so-called wordless narrative was done poorly. Huh. So you're not alone in this. Yeah. Despite I, the positive reviews. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I, I guess I'm one of those few people that, you know, are saying negative things about a game that's, like, universally praised. But, like, I'm reading the same review you are. I'm founding it. But it's, like, aside from a picture, like... And, yeah, I, I did have to look up a walkthrough at certain points. But it just... It, it felt like I was turning my brain off when I'm playing it. You know, okay. there is no extra thought put into it. But, but anyways, I don't want to talk too much about Hob. I played other stuff also. I uh, I played Firewatch all in one night. And uh, have either of you played that? So, yeah, I mean, and I saw your tweet about it. And you're going oh. to have to throw hands. Oh, man. I <laughs> I have an opinion about this game. I have an opinion don't, about don't spoil game. it. I won't spoil it. No, no, no spoilers. I, uh, yeah, it's... Let, let, let me pull up my Steam review real quick because I'm I'm a terrible person uh, when it comes to speaking. So if I have it in front of me, I'll you know. So I thought the first two hours of Firewatch were really good, and then I thought like it, at a certain point in the story, it reaches this peak where you have all this tension, and then I guess like hmm, I just found I, I was very sad, disappointed with the ending. It just. It and, ended with a whimper. It felt the the point of the story is like maybe there isn't some crazy thing going on, you know. Maybe maybe everything is just normal, you know. An example I ta- like thought of is like, what if you're playing Uncharted and you're being hit with like the usual story stuff, like you know, hints at the ancient civilization. There are signs of like people being hit by a curse. And then Drake finds out that it was all some elaborate prank that some guy pulled off. And everyone packs up their stuff and goes home and the game is over. That's what I felt like Firewatch was like. I find that interesting because the events that were told in Firewatch were certainly not... They weren't something to be passed over. Like, you certainly find out what happened in the, in the park and why the things were the way they were. And I wouldn't say that it was trivial what happened. And on top of that, I would also say that the experience of the game, like most people who say Firewatch is a good game, they're not necessarily praising the ending or the storyline. They're praising the atmosphere of the game. Right, and the yeah. the conversations you have and the topics that they touch on and the way that they meant to immerse you in this, in this situation that was actually somewhat believable. Yeah, uh, the I'm, reason I'm I you. walked away from Firewatch with a very positive experience was because I've never had a game that did dialogue the way Firewatch did. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it was very, very well made. The dialogue and the voice acting were all great. But there's just a couple things. Like, for one, 
none of your choices matter at all when the gameplay is, you know, about making choices and, you know, like saying different things to, you know, Delilah over the radio. And like, maybe if I could in, like enjoy a game for the game and not solely based on the ending, if the game wasn't solely about the story, like if I was playing something like, you know, Bayonetta two and the ending was just terrible, I wouldn't care because it's still a great action game. But like the whole thing for me with Firewatch is that there's just no payoff for everything. I found like, I don't it, like. I think that's the difference thing because when I was playing the game, I wasn't looking for the payoff. I went into it expecting this to be an experience to play, and when it ended, I thought that I thought the journey was really well done. Um, I guess you're right that your choices don't impact the ending too much. I didn't really consider that, but I guess it's maybe that we're just looking for two different things out of that game. Like I guess I really enjoyed the journey, whereas you're looking for some kind of a climax to the whole thing. Yeah, I. I mean. Yeah, I just, I, I think maybe I was expecting too much in terms of story out of it, but I I really get what they were going for, but it just wasn't what I was expecting, and I just didn't okay. find it very, like, you know. I can see that. Yeah, but I did think, you know, as a game, I feel like if they can, you know, I wouldn't say learn from this mistake, because it's very subjective, but I have complete faith that their next game is going to be, like, incredible, if it's if it plays anything or has dialogue anything like Firewatch. yeah. What was that game called again? Their new game? Uh, in the Valley of Gods. It looks so good. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I agree. But uh, other than that, I Brandon, did you play it at all? Did you uh, did you play Firewatch? Uh, I have not. I I want to. It's one of those games that I have heard a lot about, and I know it's pretty okay. short. And and I yeah. I've literally meant to play it since it came out. And it's one of those games that uh, has just sat in my Steam library and haven't gotten around to. So gotcha. Yeah, I, I want it's, to. It's but only. I Okay. Yeah, it's only three hours long. It's it's one of those games that are really good to, you know, play in one night. Actually, yeah. no, four hours. Yeah. But um, other than that, I'll finish up real quick. Uh, Wolfenstein 2, I picked that up on sale. I didn't get too far into it because, like, initially I found it for PS4 at a really cheap price. That was a terrible mistake because <laughs> something about the aiming on the controller in that is like, why? Played like, why would you oh, do no, this? On. Here's the thing: <laughs> it was it was fifteen dollars for so? Wolfenstein Two on PS4, and I'm thinking, you know what? I've played Call of Duty on console. I've played shooters on console. Maybe I'll be you know competent at this, but something about the aiming is like there's so much acceleration. It moves too slow when you push too little on the stick. It moves too fast. And when you consider the first few missions of Wolfenstein 2 and how st- stupid tough they are, it, the game was impossible <laughs> on like higher difficulties. Like I played all of Wolfenstein 1 on the highest difficulty, yeah. and there were rooms that stumped me, but um, like I, I finished it. Wolfenstein 2, I was playing it on like medium difficulty, and I was having like the same amount of frustration as like the later levels in the first game. Yeah. And, like, this is impossible with the controller. So I was able to refund it and get it on PC. So I'm only two hours and I haven't really sat down and put a lot of time into it, but that, that game has been amazing so far. Like it has a really, really strong opening. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we talked about this before. I mean, if it's just, if you, if you liked Wolfenstein, the new order, this, the Wolfenstein two is just the same. Yeah. Like batshit crazy action. They somehow you'll see when you get further into the game, but they just somehow managed to one up the craziness of oh, every single I, every single level. I can't wait. I just love like, like you think it's reached like peak absurdity, like yeah. something else happens and it's 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 a ride. Get crazier. Yeah. And uh and um 
Billy, DJ's, his inner monologue in that game is just incredible. Oh, dude. Like, it's, it's, so, so, it's so well written. It's so emotional, too, like in yeah. you know, the first level. But yeah, yeah, I'm only like two levels in, so I, I don't know too much, but I'm excited. Yeah. I just love how you turn it on and you're right back in there with these characters that you love. And the characters are so great in that game. Uh, the villain is such a great villain. Oh, so and, good. Uh, yeah, it's it's really fun. I can't wait to finish that. But uh, there's a lot more I played, but I'm just going to stop there because <laughs> we have a podcast to do. So Yeah, that, that segues uh, pretty well into what I've been playing. I, I got a chance to play some over the break. Uh, not finished with Wolfenstein 2, but I think I'm, I'm definitely over halfway. I'm not sure exactly how far <laughs> left I have to go. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I Wolfenstein 2 is really good. I think uh, I echo what you're talking about though with the difficulty um i actually put it like one down from the default difficulty because mm. some of the rooms one, literally one of the rooms and i mean if you've played the game you might know which one i'm talking about but one of the rooms i actually after dying like probably eight times and restarting that the room i actually put it to the lowest difficulty because i was just tired wow. of i was tired of dealing with it and i was like this isn't fun I'm just like, I continue banging my head against this wall. And it's not like it was testing my, you know, my, my mental metal or anything. There were just a lot of enemies and like, you'd start out with no guns and you got to go pick up guns. And it just wasn't like, honestly, it just wasn't fun. So right. um, I think that that's one of the only real blemishes I've, I, I can say about that game is I think the difficulty tuning is, is really bad, uh, especially compared mm-hmm. to the previous games where, I just, I mean, I'll, I'll, like typically I'll leave games on their default difficulty and just play like that, you know, kind of play how how they intend it for normal folks. Right. And I've, I didn't have a problem with either of the past Wolfenstein games, but this one um, just like it, it just wasn't fun to have uh, to have to restart levels because I was dying. Um, so I lowered yeah, the difficulty and yeah. everything, everything has been. I mean, the game honestly is pretty, like, fairly easy on the second to lowest difficulty. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, that one room was still, like, silly difficult. And so I lowered it to the, the lowest difficulty, you know, the one where he's got a pacifier in his mouth. And, uh, <laughs> and so anyway, but yeah, I think the, the storytelling is great. Like, they've, I think they turn, they turn BJ Blazkowicz into a character that, like, with more personality than I think he ever should have had. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, it's cool that what started out as obviously a really um, basic personality and a basic premise, you know, has has turned into like a pretty rich and deep storyline. So that's pretty much the only reason I'm I'm there for that game. Like, the shooting is fine, but it's pretty repetitive after a while. Um, I think the story is what keeps me playing it because I want to see it through to the end. So, um, so I played that. Uh, got back into some PUBG. I hadn't played PUBG for probably over a month because just traveling and stuff. And I knew that the, I knew that the patches were coming out and 1.0 was releasing. So I was just like, whatever, I'll, you know, I'll give a little break from PUBG. Not really intentionally, but you know, I just didn't have time to play and, uh, came back the other day and played some, some duos with John and, uh, and wow, the 1.0 update is really good. It is. I mean, that game is far better than the previous product was and i had fun with the previous version you know it was it was fine like it wasn't perfect but i still had fun with it but i think the Mm -hmm. new the new like the 1.0 update just blows it away the performance is way better 
the UI is overhauled and like a lot cleaner, a lot better. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it, it really does. I, I think I was skeptical that leaving early access, that that game was going to be in a state where you, you could recommend it to people because it, you know, it had so many bugs and like performance issues and all that. I have to say, I think the 1.0 update is, is like pretty legitimately a, a game that deserves being out of early access. And I didn't expect to say that before before playing it again. But uh, okay. but yeah, PUBG is really good. Uh, hadn't played in like over a month. First game back, we ended up winning. Um, so that that felt good. The new map is like the new map is massive and plays so much differently than the original. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if I like it as much um, because you can you can drop in so many places where literally there is zero chance anyone's around you and there are yeah. so many buildings that you just you end up some parts end up feeling like a driving simulator it it ends up feeling like a just cause or gta where yeah. you're like you're spending minutes driving to stay in the circle um but it's yeah. a very different type of gameplay for that game so it, i think it's cool um but also just plays so differently and i don't know how someone would, would memorize that map the way that you can memorize the original there are just so many little nooks and crannies that if you want to hide out, I mean, there are so many places to, to hide. Um, gotcha. But yeah, PUBG has been fun. Um, I think I played some Hearthstone while I was, uh, while I was traveling and just had my iPad. I did all the, like the dungeon runs. Um, the Hearthstone dungeon runs are really fun. It's just like a single player, uh, kind of, I don't know, survival mode sort of thing where you're playing against the computer and you play a succession of, of harder and harder bosses. Um, while each boss you beat, you get to add, like you get to pick cards to add to your deck or add special powers. Um, and I think it's, it's really like a really cool feature um, that I didn't know I wanted out of Hearthstone. But I got probably 10 or 12 hours, if, if not more, um, just like trying to get the dungeon runs. And I still only beat it with like half the classes. Um, the goal is when you beat it with all the classes, you, you get a special card back or something. Um, but that's pretty, that's been pretty neat. Um, and it doesn't cost any money. So pretty awesome for a free feature. Uh, I think that's, that's probably it. I think I played some more stuff, but, uh, that's a good amount considering we have stuff to talk about, but let's get into it. We've been gone a few weeks, so there is, there is some news. Um, but first off, let's start off with what's been going on in KB mod. Uh, speaking of wrapping up 2017, we have a, a post up on the site with uh, some game of the year staff picks of the KB Mod crew. So I won't spoil it for you, um, but it's basically uh, kind of a lot of us here at KB Mod uh, basically w- listed our favorite game of the year. Um, so we've got like Andrew, uh, Tubnips, Capsar, Zumar, Reddish Blue, Brad, um, and so each one went through and listed out their favorite game of the year. So it's like it's kind of just a quick hits of a lot of people's opinions about the year, which I think is pretty cool. Cause a lot of times game of the year lists, it's like, you know, you're, you're just, you're reading number 10, number nine, number eight. And, uh, this is, this is pretty much everyone's favorites. So we're not going through a long list of, you know, the 10th and ninth and eighth best games. It's just each person's quick take on the favorite thing they played uh, last year. So, um, I think probably that some of the games on there won't surprise you, but I think some of them will. Because uh, some of them surprised me that that those were people's favorites, but I don't want to spoil it. Uh, that's up on the site kbmod.com, so go check that out. 
And uh, and also, we yeah. have uh, new build guides up for January. Um, if you're building a PC right now, uh, sorry. <laughs> um, video cards, <laughs> video cards, and memory are both ludicrously expensive. Um, and so we actually the build guides for this month are are weaker than previous months have been, which is kind of a shame. I mean, generally the the trend is that uh, the builds should always be staying the same or getting better. And that's usually the case, but it is not the case right now. Um, there's actually like rumors of price fixing in the memory industry, which, uh, which you know, that's a mess. Really? So memory prices have been going crazy. And, uh, and memory prices, as well as the cryptocurrency stuff, has, has made video cards very sporadic. Um, it was actually tough to even find certain video cards in stock. Uh, like a lot of video cards are straight up just out of stock. And so finding video cards is tough. Finding reasonably priced RAM is, is pretty much impossible. Um, but anyway, um, you know, that's, that it is, that's just the way things are right now. So if you've got a build, we've got some build guides for you, but if you can wait, um, you know, it's probably a good idea. Uh, yeah. not to mention, um, we, we're not actually going to talk about this much, but not to mention, uh, the, the recent, uh, security flaws on uh, Intel chips that make everyone buying any sort of CPU right now uh, very wary until that all <laughs> shakes out. So again, not a great time to buy, uh, but if you are going to, we've got some builds up for you to, to give you some ideas. So that's up on the side as well. Check those two out. Yeah. And, uh, and let's hop right into some news. The biggest news of the week, uh, Going on right now as we speak, going on all week, we've got Games Done Quick, AGDQ 2018, is uh, started today, this Sunday, and then it goes until Saturday. Uh, if you haven't heard of GDQ, you probably must not have been listening to this cast for very long, um, but <laughs> it happens a couple times a year. They do one in the winter, one in the summer, and it's a week-long stream, 24 hours a day, of some of the coolest speedruns there are, and it's all for charity. Um, twitch.tv slash games done quick and they've got a schedule up on their website gamesdonequick.com uh, figure we, are there any any runs you you guys are looking forward to this year they just started so they haven't done a whole lot um, but I, they change out the games pretty frequently so yeah, anything I'm, you guys are looking I'm forward to? I'm the schedule right now and it's there's one that's missing in my mind that I, I enjoyed so much from last year I'm not seeing Doom Oh the yeah, that Doom run. run. That Doom run was the one of the coolest things I have ever seen, and I don't think it's happening again this year. As I scroll through the sketch, I should just control F this. What am I doing? Yeah, there I don't are no see results Doom. for Doom. Yeah. That's a shame because that Doom run is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I mean, I, 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 there's not very often that I look forward to a particular game being done. If uh, if it's on, I'll usually just have it on passively. And I think you were saying you do the same thing, uh, yeah. Brandon. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's pretty much on it's on all week when I'm at a computer because I I just I love consuming it passively. Um if you go read the schedule, like there are just so many games that I would never watch by themselves necessarily, but when they're when they're just all strung together um and you're watching, you know, typically really good runs of every game, like the people the GDQ runners are are pretty much always some of the best runners of these games. Um it's just so much fun to watch stuff that you didn't realize you were interested in uh, until someone starts playing it. 
and they have such a hot, like such a huge variety of retro games and current day games. I mean, like you go from you go from like an old Castlevania game to they have Left 4 Dead 2. I mean, like yeah, I don't yeah. even know what the Left 4 Dead 2 speedrun looks like because I haven't watched that one before, but that sounds fun. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, and there are also so many games you just never heard of, but are that turn out to be really good speed games. Like they they have the Blues Brothers for the NES, yeah. <laughs> which is scheduled on eight minutes. I'm like, okay, I, I didn't even know that existed. But uh, yeah, there's some good ones, uh, especially on the last day. There's a uh, Bloodborne All Bosses Run, mm, which yeah. is going to be commentated Ooh. by Bubbles Del Fuego, who's like one of the best runners. And All Bosses is easily the best category for Bloodborne. Because uh, uh, I think it might have been a couple of years ago when it was uh, they did any percent, which involves doing like an item duplication mm-hmm. and uh, to like duplicate souls, and it's just really makes it pretty boring. But uh, all bosses is super fun. So I, and I used to watch uh, Elias who speedruns the Souls games or used to a lot. But uh, I used to like every single day I would wake up and watch him do Bloodborne. So I'm excited to see that category done again. He's not really doing it too much anymore, but. Uh, they're doing Pokemon Black and White too. I haven't uh, really. I was like so sure you were about to say Pokemon Go, and I was like, "How <laughs> speedrun of that? What is the category?" Yeah, yeah, that that should be good. It's set three hours, so I'm not sure if I'm going to watch all of it. Uh, but also Super Monkey Ball. Uh, that's those are always great. just yeah, Super oh yeah, Monkey Ball's so good. Yeah, those are really cool to watch. Uh, I see Jack and Daxter Precursor Legacy, but it's not being run by Bonesaw, so might skip on that one if you haven't watched uh bonesaw's run of jack from sgdq 2016 you know the one that got him banned it is like <laughs> hands down the best run of any gdq event in my opinion it's <laughs> hilarious it is so good so I think, uh yeah the one thing i think about gdq that's really that's really cool is uh it is a a really good chance for you to potentially show off why like why streaming is so neat to someone who may not be into video games that much these days because mm. they have so many games like they have current games for sure but they have a lot of old games too there's like the original diablo uh they're doing a duke nukem 3d run so like if you know if you have a stream on around your parents or something it might be it might be a good chance to be like hey look this is like you know the video games that i play all the time Look at this. These these are people that run those games really fast, and they're doing all of it yeah. for charity. And you know, it's like maybe a good time to score some brownie points with those people in your life that don't think the video <laughs> games are that great. Exactly. So, right. Yeah. Convince them otherwise. Yeah. So um, really, some really cool runs. Uh, I can't mm. wait. One one game I can't wait until they run, and I'm sure they will at some point. Is uh, getting over it because those runs are already like oh, in the no. couple <laughs> minutes. But yeah. I just, yeah. I would love to see a live run of that. You know, see, uh, see like how a quick race they can do. Of that yeah, a race people. would be great. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, so, yeah I see uh, they're they're already doing Sonic Mania already. So yeah, there's so many there's so many also, classics. Like once you watch GDQ, there are some some games that are just there every run or every every time. And like stuff right. like uh, stuff like Super Monkey Ball is just it is always mesmerizing. Like it's never oh, yeah. not interesting. Definitely, yeah. I, I, that's one of my favorites. I'm a little disappointed that there's no Mario 64 on the list or any uh, uh, Mario Maker. Like in the past, they've done relay races between uh, Mario runners, 
playing uh, Mario Maker levels that no one has seen before and trying to like figure them out live. Yeah. But uh, yeah, pretty. I mean, I, that definitely takes a lot of work put into it, but it's still, you know, disappointed that that's not going to be going on this year. Yeah, but they do. They, they typically find ways to make each new time interesting, though, because they still do have a lot of Mario games. Yeah. But um, but like the races are usually the, they change those out from event to event. Um, but I right. mean, typically, the ones they do are pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. And, and I can't wait to see what Taskbot is going to do this year. Oh yeah, always incredible. Taskbot, that section is always nuts. Oh yeah. But uh, so, so that's yeah, going on all this week. Yeah, check that out. Uh, GamesDoneQuick.com slash schedule if you want to check out the games. And it's uh, it's on all week at twitch.tv slash GamesDoneQuick. I think, and they also have uh, foreign language channels too, like foreign language restreams. That's right. Yeah, that is so really cool. You really, I mean, like you have, you just have so many avenues to watch it. Um, and it is, again, it is all for a good cause. I think uh, they're doing it for, or is this one for Prevent Cancer? Uh, they change it uh, up. Believe so. Yeah, yeah. Prevent Cancer Foundation. Um, so check that out. That is that. They're is already where... making. Uh, sorry, they're already making huge steps to prevent cancer by putting it in sub only chat. So, pretty <laughs> oh <happy. God>. Ooh, <laughs> man, that was uh, that, that was relevant, so... spicy, everything we needed. <laughs> it was juicy. Very nice. Was that was that an original joke, or did you see that in chat? That that was a Katie's and original. Wow, that's that is. Ooh, um, that is nice. Okay. <laughs> Turn a oh, fan wow. on in there. Ooh, <laughs> a little, uh... Yeah, that was, that was a better joke than I expected on our on our lead out there. Uh, so next up in the news, uh, <laughs> we have the, the High Res Expo was going on this weekend. That's uh, I think was the Smite World Championship. That now that they have multiple games, I guess you kind of gotta turn it into a more general event. Um, yeah. So that was going yeah. on. That was like they had their you know Paladins Championship. I think their Smite Championship. Um, so that's their their big event of the year. And, uh, you know, not, I don't know that there's like a ton of crazy news that comes out of something like that. Uh, but they did announce a new game mode for their game Paladins oh called. Can you guess what game mode they would have introduced? Well, yeah, can well you let's guess, think about can, what's topical right can now. Can you guess the um, game mode? And then can you guess the name of that game mode? The name about this is what's really offensive to me. That, so, that's where, yeah. We'll give you a hint. Battle Royale, kind of a hot thing. So yeah, of course, Paladins getting into the yeah. Battle Royale game may be a little on the nose with Paladins Battlegrounds. Oof. What the Oof. fuck? That so, sounds like if I didn't, if I had not heard of Paladins previously, I would have thought like, oh man, this is this is like a Chinese market knockoff. Does yeah. this, even the uh, acronym will come yeah. down to them just missing the letter U. Yeah, yeah. So there's a uh, so. Definitely oh, going yeah, after. Oh yeah, it is PBG. Oh my god, that is disgusting. <laughs> I did not even notice that until now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, going after a certain audience, I think, with an yeah, name maybe. Like that. Um, and uh, so following on to that, uh, you know, you can see a trailer there. I think that it was playable on the show floor. Um, and it's a it's a game mode, so it's not. I don't think they're doing a kind of Fortnite thing where they're making a different game. I think it's still going to be in the Paladins game, um, but you know who yeah. knows if it's if it's if it's popular. I could see Hi-Rez spinning it out the way that Fortnite did, because uh, that worked pretty well for Fortnite. And um, you know, a name like this, I feel like they're they you know maybe try and cash in on on some of the the hype. But I've uh, been uh, 
I've been waiting very patiently for player unknown's response because I'm sure <laughs> yeah, it's going to oh be. Oh my god! I'm sure wait. it's going to be very tempered. I'm sure it's going to be very level-headed. Mm. I'm positive he'll make several very poignant and respectable points in his <laughs> argument, like he's been known to in the past. Yeah, it's not April first yet, Ying. Come on. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so there I just, was uh, about. Real quick, real quick. There was an article that came out afterward. Uh, I think PC Gamer talked to uh, Stu Chisholm, who is the president of High Res, and uh, and you know all around pretty good guy. I, I've met Stu before. Uh, they talked with him about uh, about the name, and you know he's uh, maybe a little bit cheeky. But he says we. This is a quote. He said <laughs> we actually had a lot of conversations. Do we call it Battle Royale? Do we call it Battlegrounds? Do we call it something else? We thought if we call it something completely out of the blue, people might not know what it was. Or if we call it survival, which we previously had as a mode, people might think it was the previous version. So I guess that kind of makes sense. If you had something called survival, you maybe yeah. don't call it survival. Um, but he says, so, but Battlegrounds, we actually settled on Battlegrounds because, I don't know if you got the same feeling when you played, but when we got to actually playing the mode, you're in your four-person team with your classes, it felt like an MMO raid party. Anyway, he goes on to say that they named it Battlegrounds because they, they wanted it to be reminiscent of old MMO Battlegrounds, kind of like Alterac Valley in World of yeah. Warcraft and things like yeah. that, which, fine, but also, <laughs> like, is that really why you named it Battlegrounds? I cannot, I don't believe that for a second, <laughs> because even though that makes sense, it, you have you have to ignore so much of the current connotation of battlegrounds. Yeah, to that, that certainly that certainly sounds like an answer that was crafted inside of a, a boardroom meeting. Um, yeah, because yeah. at the at the end he uh, he says, and I guess these are quotes. Uh, you know that the title is sure to get get a little bit of buzz, yeah. and that that quote no bit. one will have too many doubts quote, <laughs> yeah. about what kind of game mode it offers. That's so, true. I, I wonder if uh, <laughs> I wonder if there's like a, maybe a four or five uh, five man team at a PUBG Corp right now that is tackled player unknown to the ground to keep him from giving <laughs> yeah. publicity the same way he did Fortnite. Yeah, um, they're trying to keep all the keyboards away from him. Yeah, he's like trying to tweet. They're whipping like several iPhones out of his hands. He's got like six pressure balls. He's just squeezing at all times, yeah. <laughs> foaming from the mouth. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> imitation just... is the sincerest form of flattery, but this is, uh, you know, I think it's this is a little much in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I get that. This I get that you're heel too of uh, a player unknown recently saying that he wants more protection uh, for game IPs and the genres that they that they mm -hmm. make popular. Yeah, like, I, mean, I, I think pretty sure he made a statement about that like maybe two weeks before. Yeah, I'm I'm certainly not a lawyer, uh, but you could. <laughs> You know, I could see I could see a reasonable person getting confused um, about a game called Paladin's Battlegrounds and a game called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, and yeah. I think it, you know someone could confuse the two and assume that Paladin's Battlegrounds is you know is the same kind of thing. Um, so if they wanted to take it to court, like they might have a they might have a reasonable chance there. But again, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know if they'd ever do that. But um, it's pretty clear that like. Even if they're not trying to cash in, the name is clearly a cash in. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I, calling I think it. If, uh, go ahead. I think a player unknown is going to make 
I think a player knows going to make a big deal about anything out of all everything that he has recently. This one I think has the greatest validity to it. Like this one, I would I would totally understand if he straight up came out and said, you know, we're a little bit upset about this. We're going to look into action about what we can do about this. Because um, yeah. as much as I like to make fun of him and and his reactions to most things, I think I would understand this one kind of getting on his nerves and wanting to do something about it. Yeah, I think I have a. I, I can sympathize more with being upset about someone stealing part of the name more yeah. so than I can than I can sympathize with like people stealing sort of the general concepts of the game. Yeah, because right. that's something where there's just clearly you're you're not you're not gonna be able to protect that stuff. Like you can't protect concepts and ideas uh, very well um, in games. Like that stuff just it happens. You're gonna get derivative works that change a whole lot of things, you know, and if they're not reusing textures or dialogue or any of the stuff that you do have legal claim to, then you're kind of just shouting at the wall. But mm -hmm. like a name that, that gets into kind of trademarks and confusion over that sort of thing. That's a pretty different story. And I mean, wow, just it, making the name battlegrounds, I think just, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Like that's yeah. pretty blatant. Um, it's a little, I mean, I don't know about disrespectful, like, I don't think that's the right word, but yeah, it's, it's definitely cheeky. I think that's the best uh, word to describe it, what you said. Yeah. But, like thinking about it, like not just for uh, name, just thinking about like how it would function as a game, like class-based battle royale. It's like thinking like, what if there was like Overwatch battle royale? Like how would that even work? How do you solo queue? You know, if like everyone would have to be soldiers. Like, I mean, I'm just going to make straight up Overwatch, you know, comparisons because I haven't played Paladins and I'm assuming it's the same essential concept from what we all know about Paladins. But, uh, I mean, they talked about, you know, the four person like squads. I don't know if you're going to have to play certain roles when you drop down or, I mean, I mean, it might, it might be a very different game, but that's yeah. like, I think that's, that's the point is that if you're going to make a game based on that concept, like, just don't, you, you literally have a game that starts with the letter P and having, you know, having an <laughs> yeah. acronym that's going to be like PBG or PABG. Oh I mean, you're, get, you're getting oh real God, close I... there. Like, you're getting, you're getting they, real cheeky. What if they called it like Paladin's Ultimate Battlegrounds? <laughs> that's exactly, yeah. Oh, I think, man. I think you could have, you could have, I mean, you could have called it one of many different words. You could have yeah. used like Battle Royale, even though, I, like that presumably is someone's IP, so I'm I'm surprised that people continue throwing battle royale around. Um, but you could have called it like Paladins Royale or some something Royale, something survival, something I don't know. They're just they're literally any word but battlegrounds. Like that's a pretty core part of the name. Um, yeah, it's I don't know. I I would I mean, not be we, surprised. We've seen, we've seen cases of this go to court. Previously, I mean, Zenimax is infamous for doing stuff like this, taking right. down a game called Scrolls because they own the domain for Elder Scrolls. Right. So, in some capacity, there's legal standing for this. I think it just depends on maybe PUBG's corp or PUBG Corp's specific legal standing, or maybe what they have in terms of like the the claim that they have to the name. Maybe different right. between like what they do and what Zenimax has. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, yeah, I would not be surprised given how much like given that they've already talked about sort of being upset that. They have so many copycats out there. This is a copycat case where you could probably actually make a case and at least give them like you could give them a cease and desist and threaten to take them to court. 
and they might change it because like I don't know that they would have a whole lot of ground to stand on. They're pretty clearly trying to bank on a little bit of customer confusion. Um, so I think, you know, I generally like high res, but I think, uh, yeah, cheeky is like the, the most generous word I can give here. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if that ends up making a splash at all. You know, if I'm sure if it does, and if it does well, then uh, I bet PUBG Corp probably will think about legal action. But, uh, but that we'll have to see anyway. Uh, if you try Paladin's Battlegrounds, uh, let us know how it is. I haven't, I haven't tried it. I haven't, I haven't watched the the stuff from the show floor. But, is it uh, uh, is it out or no? But is I it think only yeah, available. Yeah, if someone, if I think it will, I'm sure it will be out soon. Um, but it was playable on the show floor. There's, there's like oh, some. Okay. I think they streamed some of it. I'll probably. Watch that. Uh, so let's head into some quick hits. Uh, speaking of PUBG. Lawbreakers, speaking of PUBG and Lawbreakers, uh, Lawbreakers publisher Nexon, I think, yeah, Nexon published Lawbreakers. They, uh, they basically said that PUBG is kind of the reason they failed, or one of the reasons, they, uh, which mm -hmm. I think is kind of an interesting, you know, an interesting thing to say, considering they're pretty different games. And uh, PUBG, as, as uh, someone has noted, in the document yeah, I, here. I went deep on this one. I did some research. <laughs> yeah, PUBG, huh? It's uh, PUBG came out in early access in March. Lawbreakers came out in August. So those are kind of different timelines. Lawbreakers came out about you know four or five months after PUBG had already hit the marketplace. So you know, games come out every day. It's not like you launched in the same week or anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, the quote from the CFO of Nexon says. Uh, our results in North America in the third quarter were below our outlook, mainly due to the sales from Lawbreakers being below our expectations. Lawbreakers is a unique FPS developed for core users. I would say based on their player numbers, it is developed for very, very, very core users. And <laughs> only mm, those yeah. users. Um, <laughs> they did, and then so they, they added, uh, this is a quote, we had very high expectations for its launch, However, the timing of the launch seemed, or the timing of its launch turned out to be unfortunate. Specifically, the blockbuster PC online game PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds came out right about the same time, making Oof. the market environment very tough for first-person shooters in general and for lawbreakers. So that's uh, a, <laughs> I guess, if you're a CFO and you, you know, you're trying to appease your investors. I guess that is, you know, that is an answer. Um, but I think that is also an answer that pretty much anyone in the gaming industry could give if their sales were lower than expected. You could pretty much just shrug and be like, yeah, PUBG, right? I mean, that official <laughs> statement about them coming out around the same time is when your statement is undone by two Wikipedia articles, that's, that's not a very strong argument. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, in the, uh, in the article, it links to, I mean, I, I really did go deep on this one. I don't know how I ended up getting into this, but um, in the article, they actually link to the full transcript of uh, Nexon's Q3 uh, earning conference. And I went ahead and I, and I read through most of it. And it was really interesting, actually. Um, as it turns out, Nexon's had a pretty good year, barring lawbreakers. Um, yeah. they've, actually, they've actually made significant financial improvements across the board. And then every time lawbreakers comes up, uh, you see the familiar words. Uh, we had high expectations. Unfortunately, they were not met. Uh, 
And I was like kind of skimming through it, hoping I could find one or two interesting sentences about what they thought about the future of lawbreakers. And, and I am fortunate that it looks like there is something here that I'm not quite sure what it means. Um, but uh, it's uh, the, rep the representative director and chief financial officer uh, had a statement here that says, um, in Q3 and other expenses, uh, impairment losses included, out of the total number of impairment loss, uh, lawbreakers-related impairment loss is actually accounting for the majority of that amount. She then goes on to say, uh, regarding impairment loss for lawbreakers, this is everything, so we will not be accruing any other impairment loss pertaining to lawbreakers in the future. So uh, from what I understand, impairment loss is essentially uh, how much the net value of lawbreakers has depreciated in comparison to how much cash flow is supposed to generate in the future. So it's kind of like projecting loss in some capacity. For, for this person to be saying that they will not be accruing any other impairment loss pertaining to lawbreakers in the future, I'm interested as to what that means, because that's basically them guaranteeing that they're done losing money on lawbreakers. Right. So it basically, I think the subtext is it means they've written it off. Like it's, yeah. uh, they're not intending to, they're not intending to throw more money after it. And they are basically like pretty much rock bottom. Right. It's yeah. like, it sounds like they're just cutting their losses at this right. point. Cutting they, their they, losses. We're done here. Right. Like you have to, we're riding the ship by killing it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it looks I thought like that was interesting. You said, it just, yeah, it accounts for the majority of their, their Q3 expenditure, which was about like over $30 million. So if right. that accounts for the majority, then that means by at, definition, at least, at least about $15, million. $16 million just yeah. for one quarter. Yeah. That is, I mean, when you just look at like how, I think it would have been tough for lawbreakers to make break even on that kind of expense regardless. Yeah. Man. Yeah, for real. They would have been burnt. I mean, at that burn rate, that's like, that's what, $60 million a year. That's, that's wild. Yeah. I mean, it, it accounted for a majority of their expenses and it's going to be accounting for the majority of their projected losses in the future. Yeah. Which is, I guess is a very good reason for for the CFO to be saying, "Yeah, we're done accruing impairment loss for this. We're just cutting our losses at this point." I mean, yeah, it's like what what more can you do? But yeah, that's that's sad. I think I mean basically this signals that this is probably the last time we really talk about lawbreakers um, because if if Nexon is basically writing it off, then I'm not sure what their next move is. I don't know if you know. I don't know if they. I don't know if they can pivot uh, if the publisher is basically saying we're done here. Um, I don't know if that I don't know if that means that they can still go do their own thing if someone else wants to fund it or I don't know how that works, but um yeah, it sounds like I Lawbreakers mean, is basically basically dead. Like I mean it's been dead, yeah. but it's like yeah. really like actually according to financials dead. <laughs> yeah. And and I this is relevant to what people have been saying lawbreakers should have been doing for a long time. If they're done in accruing a impairment loss. I wonder if that means they're finally going to send this thing to free to play. Please God, finally, yeah. please. I mean, if, I think it seems I like you'd have, you'd want to do something, right? You've got art yeah, assets and like everything. When you're basically saying we're not investing anything else into this game anymore, I mean, you should probably just make it free to play and see what rolls in, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I, mean, I, I don't know though. If they don't have money, I mean, free to play means that they're gonna they're gonna have a lot of people playing, which means they would have to up their server costs and all that. So like, you still have to have oh, money true. making a choice like that. 
Um, I don't know. It's just that's yeah. Actually, you're right. Yeah. So maybe it is just a matter of we're we're just letting this thing die now. Right. I, that's that's what I wonder is like if Nexon is throwing in the towel. Does that mean that um, does that mean Bosky can still do stuff outside of that if they have the funds to? You know, like I, I don't I don't know how that relationship works, but it uh, it certainly sounds bleak. And yeah, I imagine at some point maybe we'll get a statement from Cliffy B or someone talk about the future of lawbreakers because you don't you don't really want to have people just guessing at the future when nexon has pretty much said we're done here um, yeah right. anyway and you know uh as is custom with every time we talk about lawbreakers on the cast we've got to pull up the steam charts and see what kind of player base <laughs> we're looking at uh lawbreaker is currently sitting at 10 players <sighs> man <laughs> just, our cast right is, now uh... our cast right now could make up 30% of the player base yeah, of the game. Exactly. Yeah, that is yeah, you look at <laughs> all the games people, that have uh, that have more than 10 people playing it on Steam and you're looking at like small indie titles beating that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And we look at like the amount of viewers right now and that's like how many multiples of people playing this game? We could repopulate <laughs> this game. We could revive it. We could spike the chart. I don't know. I mean, I think what Lawbreakers really needs to do is just go free to play and then announce Lawbreakers Battlegrounds, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, we talked about that before. Money. I actually don't think that's the worst idea. Um, but also, like, all of that would still take work. You know, that would still take people working on ch- making those changes. And right, yeah. The, so, like, they, they're still going to need to find money somewhere because you have to assume they have basically no revenue coming in with that kind of player base. Um, didn't they just release DLC for it? Like, didn't they just do an expansion? I mean, but that the thing is, the... that might have already been done. Like, if they were to, uh... if they were to try and change now, it's like they have to. I'm, I assume they're living on borrowed time because you have no revenue coming in. So, if the publisher is not going to continue funding it, then like they're going to have. I don't know. That's what I mean. Like, they would have to find someone to fund it, um, it to try and make that change and salvage the game. Right, Which, exactly. you know, for their sake, I hope they do, because um, I think Lawbreakers could, if any game could make a revival with like some sort of pivot like that, I think Lawbreakers has as good a chance as anything. Oh yeah, I agree. At once, it, I feel like just because of how much publicity it's kind of getting over just the drama of it and how little people are playing it, I think going free to play and kind of hyping that up would actually turn out pretty well for them. I mean, I know I'm amazed that that with all the press they've gotten, that the player numbers still continue to be that low. Because normally, at least getting some sort of press, it's like you would think yeah. it, you would think people would just check it out, but exactly they have not. It's like they have not very core user not. base. That's the, the core yeah. user base, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. the, that's the wording. Teddy is playing it, still trying to find a match. I mean, I think the big problem uh, with just people wanting to wanting to try it is even if I were someone who had their interest peaked, I'm going to log on to the Steam store and see that I have to buy it for forty dollars Canadian. Right. It's yeah. I think I mean, that's still the issue. At some yeah, that's what I mean. Like at some point, you've got to do something, right? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta. It can't just be a forty dollar title sitting there. Like you gotta do something. Yeah, exactly. That's so. I I have to. I I hope. I hope that there's like some announcement waiting in the wings that they, you know, they are gonna try and pivot somehow. Um, because it would be a shame for it to just like straight up shut down. That would be a pretty sad conclusion mm-hmm. um, <laughs> to that but, whole saga. But according to Axon, that's pretty much what they're doing. They're they're washing their hands of it. So 
we will see. But uh, PUBG, man, PUBG, killing, killing games and also just soaring to new heights. Uh, PUBG hit 3 million concurrent players, breaking its own record. Uh, that is honestly just crazy. Uh, yeah. We've talked multiple Wild times. Number. I have like, I just don't know what the peak for this game is, but it is now at least more than 3 million. And that's concurrent players. 3 million people all playing the game at one time. As I, as, I, as I talk right now, there are 1.3, over 1.3 million people playing right now. Yeah. It's, it's 9.30 p.m. Pacific. You know, this is, like, this is low, low time for Steam, and there's still a million people around the world playing this game on Steam. Right. That is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Uh, I remember when this was coming out, and we're talking about, man, I wonder if this is going to be the H1 killer. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, <laughs> all of that crazy. looks that that just looks so quaint in hindsight. That that at one point, like, player, PUBG doesn't really have any competitors now on the Steam, like in the Steam world. The competitors are like games where we can't get good verified player numbers, like League of Legends and the Blizzard games and and stuff that's not public that we know is big, but we don't know how big. But PUBG is easily in that realm now. Um, Three million concurrent players, that is that is right up there with the biggest games in the world. Right. Um, yeah. Which is crazy. That is just crazy to me that such a hardcore game on its face is is still getting that kind of attention. Like, when I play the game now, it's it feels more polished, feels better. But man, it is still a gamer's game. Like that is yeah. not a that is not a friendly casual little game that you you play here and there. Like it is a deep game with a really high skill ceiling. So mm-hmm. I'm amazed that it's done as well as it has. Uh, but I'm glad it has because I think you look at it and it's like, yeah, the PC is thriving, um, not going anywhere anytime soon. And I'm glad that like we have a big breakout hit to point to and say, look, these guys did it. You know, if you've got a good game, good concept, anyone anyone could have made this game. And uh, right, man, at three million three million concurrent players is crazy. Speaking of concurrent players, Steam itself uh, hit some some new records uh, this past past. Well, I guess this was recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it hit a new peak of over eighteen million logged into Steam at one time, which is more than 30% of the peak from a year ago. And uh, more than 7, 7 million people of those were, of that peak were in-game, which is also a new record. So um, I think just really like a good, pretty good time to be PC gaming, all, all things yeah. considered. Um, Steam continues to grow. I think gaming continues to go more mainstream. And uh, and it's really cool to see. I mean, we're we're seeing games like the... The big franchises are doing well, uh, but we're also seeing stuff like PUBG come onto the scene, like just seeing their billions on the top sellers chart right now, uh, which I checked the other day, like their billions being a top seller when it's just like it was a little indie game in early access. Um, it's just really cool to see some of those success stories. And yeah. it's like even even the, the small games, um, I think, have a bit have a good shot to make it big. And they have a, a good shot to make it big when Steam's numbers continue to go up. Um, so that's pretty cool. 18 million concurrence on Steam. That's a 
That's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And one-sixth of them are all playing Battlegrounds right now. <laughs> Out of every yeah, six that... people you know that have Steam, they're playing Battlegrounds. Yeah, it's exactly. There's, there's, yeah, there's a one-in-six chance that your PC gaming friend is playing Battlegrounds <laughs> yep, on any given I just given opened day. up my yeah. Steam list, and I have, I have four people playing PUBG right now. <laughs> yeah, I've got two. Wow. So, banner, pretty banner year for Steam, banner year for PUBG, and... Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see if those numbers keep climbing in 2018. I can only imagine, like PUBG, now that they're on console too. I'm sure their overall player numbers continue to grow even bigger. Um, oh yeah, but it's I don't. I don't know that we have concurrent numbers for uh, for like Xbox. But uh, you can be sure that they're still they're still climbing, which is great because I'm. I mean, I'm glad that I'll be able to play a game like that for a long time. You know, it's not going anywhere. They're going to keep on adding to that. For a while, right? Mm-hmm. So good stuff. Yeah. Speaking of good stuff, KD, Uh-oh, baby. Bloodborne bosses <laughs> found, <laughs> found by hackers. This has this, this is this. a this article is tailor made for you. Yes, this. But tell me about it. Wow, I can't believe I'm saying this. This is a sentence coming out of my mouth, but and uh, across this. Uh, this past break, I fought two bosses in Bloodborne I had never fought before. And you're thinking, you that know, sounds impossible. That possible? It's impossible. Yeah, what the fuck? Listen, dude. So, in Bloodborne, there are these things called Chalice Dungeons, where you play the game, and uh, it's a randomly generated rooms with enemies to find loot and things like that. And it's all, and any kind of randomly made uh, Chalice Dungeon you play, you can find a code for it and share with people if they want to visit that same dungeon. And this is the same kind of thing that we talked about earlier uh, in 27 or in late 2017 when uh, I was going to say earlier this year, haha, <laughs> no, no, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like finding that enemy uh, that had just been undiscovered until then. But this is a little different. Uh, so people have went into just recently the files of Bloodborne. People have been getting access to them, which like surprisingly hasn't been done until now since the game released and a bunch of stuff is being found out. Uh, I remember actually seeing the models for these two bosses before finding them online. They leaked. And uh, so digging a little deeper, uh, actually people with access to the files found that they were actually complete fights of these uh, like enemies and areas in the game. And so they've taken these unused rooms and enemies and registered them under Chalice Dungeon like codes. So if you go on the Bloodborne right now, and <laughs> this is exactly what I did, I grabbed my brother. I'm like, dude, do you want to go fight a boss in Bloodborne for the first time? He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And so we put in the code, enter the room, and we're in this unused map with this crazy looking boss that looks like another form of the final boss. And we're just both losing our shit. Like, we can't believe what we're seeing. <laughs> and the coolest thing is that this feature that's been in all the uh, the, <clears throat> the Dark Souls games has been when uh, when you're playing and someone else is in the same area, you can see the phantom of them playing. Uh, there were phantoms of other players in the rooms for the unused content, which is just so cool. It's, it's kind of become the, this like attraction for players to come and see. But uh, yeah, so Pretty there was one boss. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's well, one of the bosses was that giant like tentacle thing. That looks like you know the other form. And then the other one is this like giant wolf kind of beast that 
like leaps around the entire arena. It shoots out kind of projectiles, but again, they're unfinished bosses, so they're invisible and they'll just kind of hit you <laughs> randomly. And like, so you just kind of spam the dodge button. And you have no idea like what you're trying to avoid, but you always get hit anyways. But uh, it was kind of scary at first because you, uh, if you die in those rooms or if you try to like reawaken uh, and go back to you know the hub world, the hunter's dream. Uh, doesn't work. You just go back to that room and like, okay, I just ruined my save file. But for some reason, if you <clears throat> if you jump off the edge of the map and just fall, you end up back in the hunter's dream. I, f- I feel like they put that in as kind of like a, sa- a fail safe in case anyone fell like fell out of the map and couldn't get back. But uh, yeah, it, it was it's just crazy. That's a really cool story, and uh, it makes me wonder just how much more content is hidden for people to find. There are some other rooms. Like one room is just a like testing room for enemies and there are two different enemy types that haven't been seen in the full game before there's like this pig dude with the axe and they're like these two ghosts that are non-hostile and it's it's just crazy to think you know uh like this long after bloodborne there's still more content coming out because like that game is just huge and uh someone's asking in chat uh uh, the first boss i did one shot but the second one because of the fucking bullshit invisible projectiles did kill me but i couldn't be mad because i was like you know what this is a proper bloodborne boss if it's killing me so you know <laughs> it's a challenge in the game i haven't you know completed yet so yeah that, that was really cool that was that, that was a pretty interesting story and something people you know will enjoy regardless if you play bloodborne that's just cool that more content is being you know dug up and made available for you don't even have to be a modder to play it so it was awesome yeah, that's pretty neat. Still get still getting mileage out of Bloodborne, even after yeah. this, this time. Yeah, exactly. Well, that'll do it All for right. uh, for the quick hits. KD, why don't you take us into a pretty sparse new releases section? Yeah, it's the uh, it's the beginning of the year, so there really aren't any new releases. You know, this is like the worst time to release games. Uh, there are a lot of games coming out. There are actually two uh, visual novels that are very questionable. But uh, didn't choose choose to add those because we don't want that anime filth on our podcast. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? We belows. Okay. Anyways, mm. uh, so, yeah, that was okay. Channeling my uh, GDQ cringe with uh, a GDQ going on. Anyways, new releases. Uh, so this game actually came out today or yesterday at the time of this recording. Uh, Blade Runner ninety seven thirty two which I read and I'm thinking like this is just some fan game, some visual novel that someone made off this property. But no, it's actually, it's a VR game. It can be VR, but uh, you can play without a VR headset. It's uh, a virtual tour inside Deckard's apartment. And uh, just looking at the screenshots, uh, it's free to download. It's just uh, his apartment room in Blade Runner with like a glimpse outside, painstakingly and like beautifully recreated. And uh, it says, like, recommended uh, 980 Ti. Minimum graphics is a 1070. No, a 970, sorry. But uh, so, yeah, if you're a big fan of Blade Runner and uh, you'd love to, you know, walk around the apartment, which, you know, does look really beautiful, you can download that for free and check that out. And really the only game we have coming out uh, this past week, this next week that looks interesting is a game called Westward, which is an early access uh, VR only game which are two things that would normally never make it onto the new release section. But uh, it's uh, it's a VR solo or co-op 
Western kind of bank heist game. So like watching the trailer, he's like working together with like a friend of his who also has a VR headset. They're like blowing open the wall. They're, you know, taking the money. They have like guns and everything. And it just looks like a, looks interesting. It looks like one of the few VR games that are very, very like well-made, I guess. So if you're looking for more stuff to play with VR, uh, this comes out January 10th. So check it out. And yeah, that's, that's going to do it for the new releases this week. Yeah. Not a lot of stuff at all, but uh, you know, I mean, it's definitely not a great time to be releasing games right after Christmas and new year's. Mm -hmm. I think typically uh, a lot of games wait for at least, you know, kind of toward the spring, I imagine we'll maybe get some games being talked about uh, at PAX South, which is uh, coming up next weekend, I think. That's, uh, but yeah, that's pretty, man, that's real sparse this week. Yeah, not good at all. But the coming weeks, January, like as a whole, is actually looking really good for video games. Like we're getting the the Dragon Ball Fighter Z fighting game, which looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Monster Hunter World, it's not going to be coming to PC, but it's going to be on uh, PS4 and I think Xbox One also. And, uh, yeah, the beta for that. There's actually one more beta coming out in, uh, I think, the next week for PS4 owners. So make sure you jump on that if you want to play it. It's really fun. So, yeah. As a whole, January might pick up towards the end, but nothing really crazy right now, as you said. Yeah. All right. Well, let's head into the viewer questions. we got a couple here. Uh, we have a question from at killerbob 5 Asks if you could speed run any game at AGDQ, what would it be? Octodad. Mm. Octodad, oh, really? Yes. I'm serious. I love that. Are game. you are you that good I at Octodad? Do you be able to speed run? No, but I wish I was. That's, <laughs> that's the question, right? What <laughs> game I wish I was really good at? Okay. No, I think like Octodad would be a fun choice for how silly the movement is. But like, if you watch people who have speed run it, like mm-hmm. they're so precise with how they have managed to move that ridiculous octopus's limbs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've watched speedruns of it too. Like when they do like the mini games with the basketball, or like throwing objects, and just they get yeah. so precise with it. Like it'd be, it's and it insane. looks, it still looks ridiculous. Like Octodad yeah. doesn't look like he's doing anything coordinated. That character is still flailing around, looking silly. But, I can't uh, believe I forgot about Octodad. That game was oh, actually dude, it was so good. It was to me Octodad was perfect because it was it was the last sort of uh, like goofy physics game. Uh, that actually had some kind of substance to it before things yeah. like I Am Bread and Fidget Spinner Simulator took over. Right, Goat like, Simulator. Oh, I can't control my, can't control my limbs. It's really funny. Whereas like Octodad actually <laughs> yeah. had like a story. There was like they made you do interesting things like scan groceries. They made you like try to repair yeah. a birdhouse. Like they they swapped it up a lot. Whereas it's like, dude, you're playing as bread. It's so funny and random. <laughs> like, right, exactly. <laughs> and look at this meme, dude. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, I, it was I, a really like, good game. Honestly, I you know I think about it too. I think uh, a while ago someone asked a question: um, if you could give, if you could like give a game a sequel that doesn't have a sequel, what would it be? And oh. I didn't think about it at the time. But if Octodad Two came out, I would be like an instant purchase. I'd be all over that. That would be really cool. But if I could, wasn't there more than one Octodad game? game? Be Octodad. Well, there's the Octodad that was the uh, the student project, and then there's Octodad Dadliest Catch, which, which is, is like the full game, and then oh, they okay, released okay. like two free, uh, two more free levels after that. Okay, that's what right. I was thinking. But there hasn't been Wait, like a, they, like made a more, new... they made more levels for it. They made two. Yeah, I haven't played. There's Octodad content I haven't played. Holy shit! <laughs> oh yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. You get the two episodes for free. How does this game have a 69 on Metacritic? That Metacritic is. Doesn't know what they're talking about. Misunderstood. <laughs> 
Yeah. One thing I thought after playing Octodad is like this game, I could see them doing like a Pixar movie for or something. Because like, yeah, you know what? That was all, the other it's... thing too. The game had a very charming atmosphere to it. Yeah, it was silly. It's... There was nothing serious about it, but yeah, there was a it's... narrative there. The very wholesome game. Yeah, yeah, it's a very wholesome game. It's surprisingly heartwarming because yeah. it's like so Octodad's could... just trying to care for his family, you know, and he's trying yeah. his best, man. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you Anyways. speed run, Katie? Oh, you know, you already know Bloodborne, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I know I talked about it earlier. I was say, but, you've basically um, been prepping for that for a while. Yeah, I've thought about it, but there's just like reservations I have about like really putting the time to learning it because one of the things is uh, it's really tricky to practice certain segments of the game because uh, the game always saves. You can't really prepare uh, different save files. So what a lot of people do is... Uh, they get PlayStation Plus, which, I mean, I do have, but I haven't really put in the work for it. But they'll get to certain areas in the route, and then they'll upload that save data to storage. And then if they want to practice that boss fight, they have to, like, go online and download that save data every time they want to practice it over, which is probably not a very extensive, like, process. But it's definitely a game I enjoy watching, and I think getting to the point where I can be really good at it would be something to be really proud of. That or... Mario 64 is like I've I've also watched a, a shit ton of speedruns from that from like Siglemic or uh, Clint Stevens. Yeah, they they both kill it. Or maybe Wind Waker. That's a there are a lot of games, but overall I'd probably either Bloodborne or Mario a 64. I'd be happy with. Okay, I could I could see that. Yeah. You what about you, picked, picked some pretty popular games though. You'd have a lot of competition there. Hey, I'm going for that uh, that Twitch market, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, if I had to pick one right off the bat, I would probably say Return to Castle Wolfenstein because oh, that's a good one. because uh, that is the game like the the that series right Wolfenstein and then Enemy Territory I think was the best I have ever been at movement in a game like mm, I had that wow. was that was what put me above other players like I had a good shot you know I was I was good at a lot of aspects of the game but my movement was so much better than pretty much everyone I played with. And I feel like I would be, I'd probably be really primed for a good Wolfenstein speedrun just because I have pretty good movement in that series. So, and I'm looking here, it looks like, uh, you know, the, the world record, according to speedrun.com right now, is 43 minutes, 43 seconds. Mm. That was done seven months ago. So, you know, I, I don't know. That feels fast, but also it's not... It doesn't feel like something completely absurd, so maybe I could uh, maybe I could compete there. Okay. Not, okay. not going not going for this crazy stuff like you, Bloodborne, Bloodborne, and Mario sixty four. Man, that's like you're you're we're working oh. with like real professionals there. Well, you are talking to a former world record speedrun holder, sir. <laughs> I don't think you uh, <laughs> understand. <laughs> maybe I that, don't. like that's something that proved uh, me wrong. I don't know, man. I don't know if I could... Because uh, the route for that Bioshock DLC has changed so much from what I played. I don't know if I even want to... And, like, no one plays it, so there's, like, no point in me getting into it. No, Actually, that's, when, the, that's uh, the best place to get into speedruns. You gotta get into something where you you know, you know can feel like you're gonna be the best. Oh, yeah, where there's, like, literally no competition. Yeah, that's why, that's why, like, Wolfenstein doesn't... It's not super hopping, you know? It's not. It's not, like... I feel like it's not when people are breaking its world records like seven months ago. I mean, no one heard of that stuff. Whereas Mario and Bloodborne, I mean, 
people are people are running that on Twitch all day. Yeah, you're right. One game I thought about really getting into that uh, I was speedrunning like the first world for a bit, like the first 20 minutes was A Hat in Time on Steam when it first came out. Really good 3D platformer. It's yeah. actually right now it's like the highest rated 3D platformer on Steam. And uh, people are like still going strong speedruns on that game. It's already down to 45 minutes. And wow. like I, I kept trying to learn it and the routes just kept changing and changing. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it like a month. And then I'll look and see if there's one route I can really learn with. Because I like, I don't want to mine the game and look for new skips or anything. I don't know if I'm comfortable like doing that, but and but it just keeps getting updated and changed. Like that's probably the realistic answer for me is like stick the time to really get good at that game. You know, KD, but, uh, as as you get older, you think more and more about leaving a legacy, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there will come a point in your life where you you're gonna look back and think, you know, what what do I have? To put what do I have that I can put my name on, and mm. you know, food for thought. You're right. You're right. Well, I do have some. Let me let me actually check real quick. There. Let's see. Episode one speed run. Where am I? The leaderboard. The official leaderboard. One thing that is just great about this. Someone else added me to this leaderboard. I did not get on here and submit. Like someone found my record and put it on there. Boom! I'm 12th place in the world. Oh, I could I could clean up. Well, easily. see there you go. You're already wow. you're already so close. <laughs> this is sad. Everyone else has a colored name and a link to their Twitch, and I'm just just there. Hey man, that's that's look. That could be you. <laughs> no time like the present. Right. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, next up, uh, our final question here from uh, at Noah, but no Ark. He asks, you get to make, or rather he states, and we have to fill in the blank, hmm. you get to make a new national holiday that honors blank. And he says, a person, food, etc. So if we were able to make a new national holiday, what would we honor? You know, another time, another place on the KB Mod podcast, I could say based God right now, and people would be <laughs> reeling. People would think that was the funniest thing. You believe that shit? I, would I mean, say, I think that uh, still plays in 2017. Yeah? yeah. I'd say been... we make a new national holiday that honors Twitch viewers who read the stream title before <laughs> asking questions. <laughs> Those are individuals that... Boy, like, they, need to be, they need to be commended. Yes. That's yeah. a, that is a very... That's a 2018 take right there. <laughs> that's really good. That's very specific. But, you know, I I like the... I like those national holidays that have some specificity to them. You know, it's like National Cookie Day. I mean, come on, right? Like, who, who, <laughs> who cares about? Like, yeah. come on, that's just Big Cookie trying to sell you more cookies. <laughs> but national <laughs> national Twitch viewers who read the stream title before asking mm-hmm. questions in Chat Day. Now that now I'm like that's very exactly specific. What you are celebrating now. I want like I want to Google how that came to be. Like what what was the what was what caused the momentum to to create a holiday out of that? Exactly. That's pretty good. KD, what about you? Mm. What do you want? I would honor? actually say, come back to me because I'm still kind of thinking right now. What would you honor, Brandon? Well, I feel like the, it's it's kind of hard because I I feel like if I say. You know, I could say something like corn dogs. I, I really like corn dogs, <laughs> and I feel like uh, 
Yeah, I feel like, you know, well, I wouldn't do Hot Pockets because, like, Hot Pockets, that's no. a that's a company, right? I'm not out here shilling for the man. Oh, corn dogs. <laughs> anyone can make a corn dog. So, that's you know, true. but but I feel like if if that's my legacy, that I make a national holiday that honors corn dogs, then all of a sudden people, you know, people come out of the woodwork and it's like, really? Corn dogs? You know, you couldn't think of anything more impactful. And people are going to, and, you know, maybe they're right. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of people out there that have made a big impact. Lots of lots of products out there that have made a big impact. I feel like corn dogs, it's it's kind of trivial in the grand scheme of things. It's a little trivial. So I don't know. That's what that's that's what comes to my mind. I really like corn dogs, and I wouldn't mind one day out of the year where you know we just have a corn dog because it's National Corn Dog Day. Okay. Okay. I I can get behind that. Yeah. Hmm. I see what I'm you trying mean. to, I'm trying to think about the different routes I could go. Cause like you either, you pick something you're passionate about, you celebrate something that people do that is just really honorable. I'm thinking it's, it's tough. There's just so many good choices. Like part of me wants to be like, you know, national chow garden day. Everyone uh, picks up mm. Sonic adventure Two battle visits the chow garden, raises their children, and uh, makes them play karate for uh, emblems. And you just really, that takes up your entire day. You don't really get to eat during this time. You just, you pretty much only eat when your chow eats. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's a 24-hour event. You can't really sleep or the government will, uh, because at this point, another GameCube model has been released, which has internet access where and NSA tracking. And uh, it's also, it detects, it also, the, the controller comes with, it uh, gets your blood pressure, and if it doesn't detect your hands on the controller, it administers a lethal gas into the, the oh. room, which okay, is... We're maybe, uh, we're maybe getting a little too 2018 with your answer here. <laughs> yeah, we're a little uh, 1980... <laughs> oh, was it 1983? Or, I don't know. 1984, I think, is... 1984, probably I'm the so year sorry. you're looking for. That's my millennial uh, my book reading. Yeah, you weren't exactly. even born in 84. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, but yeah, it'd probably be something related to that. Or, um, okay. man, you want, I'm you, like want to, you want to talk about either. trivial? I thought I thought my corn dogs one was trivial. That's <laughs> hey, it's it's got to be something you're passionate about, man. No, I know, I know, I know. That's why that's why this is a that's why it's a question. You get you get to make up your own mind here. Yeah. Have you played the Chow Garden, Brandon? Uh, Ying. It's probably been a long time. I have not. Ooh, you're missing out, man. Better well, get ready. I mean, that's January the... 8th, 2019 <laughs> is when the holiday starts. <laughs> that, that, that is why I can understand why you would want to make that a holiday. Because if if you want to educate people, and this is you know you think this mm. is important, it's a cause that you want people to know about. Then you know what better way than a national holiday? Right. Right. Or maybe I'm just going like a completely different, like more simple route. I do like the office day. If there's like a holiday for the office where everyone mm. just watches an episode or maybe binges the office, that'd be something, you know, acceptable. Thing is, I don't know if that would age well. You got to think how, how does your, like, how oh, does your national timeless. holiday, how does your national holiday play in a hundred years? That's why like, you know, corn dogs, man, corn dogs are still going to be around in a hundred years. We're not all going to, we're not mm, all going to be yeah. eaten through a straw. 
The office is timeless. The Chow Garden is timeless. I mean, okay, but maybe the thing is, in in a hundred years, maybe we're not watching television. You know, so like the Office Day, no one's gonna have a television to watch the Office a hundred years from now. Okay, you're still gonna have hands to eat a corn dog. You're still gonna have a mouth, probably. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, I don't know how quickly evolution works. A hundred years, maybe that's yeah, that's a long time. Maybe not. Maybe not everyone will have mouths and hands. I'm not a scientist. (laughs) You know, it's uh, to the common person that sounds like, you know, oh, of course we're going to sell advance, but you don't know that. You don't know that. I won't be around. I won't be around. So who knows, man? Uh, Yeah, that's that's some real shit. I don't know if people are going to remember the child garden. Let's end the podcast before I just get that. That gets pretty heavy. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, thank you for, for those questions. You the message us... of this podcast is that life is short. Leave us an iTunes review while you're still alive. There you go. That's a now. That's a you uh, know what? New national holiday. National podcast review oh. day. <laughs> national KB Mod podcast review day, baby. No, 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 no. Because that's too. Or that just is, podcast in general. That is much too right. specific, and I don't mind. Okay, okay. I don't mind necessarily if people rate our podcast on that national holiday because maybe they've already done ours. But mm-hmm. on that day, you have to go rate a podcast that you like. You gotta, you know, you gotta show your appreciation. You gotta give that feedback on National Podcast Review Day, right? So, because you know what, we're just gonna we'll pretend that the first one is happening this week, and on National Podcast Review Day, you should go to the KB Mob Podcast iTunes page and rate us five stars. Because that is what we deserve, and that is the only way that you will potentially get this read on the podcast. True. Right? You're going to go, leave us a five-star review, give it a title, because I assume that's required, and put something in the body that you want us to read. It can be anything. We have had, we've had some incredible stuff. In fact, the last podcast review we got was an incredible journey through uh, Yingity Yang's former music taste. And maybe still music taste. I don't know. I'm listening to Dashboard Confessional right now. Excellent. That's, and I'm not kidding. I've had it. I've had it in the background this entire cast. Oh, That's, nice. No wonder he's so mellow. <laughs> uh, but we've got two two reviews to feature this week that we got in over the holidays. So thank you for sending those in. We were on a little bit of a break. So I'm glad that uh, while we were gone, you guys are still thinking of us. Uh, so why don't we go right into them? KD, you want to take us away? Let's do it, baby. This review comes from Zach. That's uh, Zach with an extended amount of A's. Speaking of A's, you can subscribe to uh, K- KBMod on Twitch, KBMod A. Anyways, <clears throat> get that plug out of the way. The title of the review is Happy Holidays. Of course it's five stars. He says, if I have to listen to Hardballer in one more podcast, I will end myself. Happy holidays from Chewy. Okay. Well, I don't know who Chewy is, but Zach, thank you for the review. Appreciate it. I mean, look, I appreciate, I appreciate that he's honest with us. Uh, I do not mm-hmm. want anyone potentially ending themselves over a podcast guest here. So that's true. You I know, guess that I guess that seals it for the sake of for the sake of this listener's life. Uh, I guess Hardballer can't be on the cast anymore. That's true. I mean, yeah, it's a rational thought, but you've been on a podcast with Hardballer, so 
And you luckily, know exactly where they're coming he from. left this review on December 23rd. So that was after our baller's last appearance. What would That's have right. been horrifying mm, okay. is if this was left before Hardballer was Ooh. on last cast, <laughs> yeah. and we didn't get a chance yeah. to read it before sealing this person's fate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's okay. We still have we still have the responsibility now. We do, we do, and so we we you know what we have to uphold that responsibility. This is this is why I mean iTunes yeah. podcast reviews they can be influential. So. As Thank long as everyone on the podcast has that thought present in their head that if Hardballer appears again, someone in the world will die. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> life and death. It's not a game anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's not a game. <laughs> we talk, right about, track, we talk about games. It's always, you know, often very lighthearted yeah. discussion here, but this isn't funny. So we will, no you know, we got to preserve lives here. That's our top priority at, uh, at KBMod. <laughs> All right, we've got one more review. And uh, I'll go and take this one as well. It's from Supernova CK. The title of the review is Socks Are My Number One Christmas Present. So, Ying, he's standing up for you, man. Not only and, did uh, he say socks are his number one Christmas present, in the body of his review, mm-hmm. he added Hardballer. Yeah, at Hardballer. Read your last podcast. Hardballer asked specifically for people to not at him. After he said that Christmas socks are a oh. terrible present, so Supernova CK here is taking a real stand by not only stating uh, stating an opinion that Hardballer disagrees with, but he's defying he's defying Hardballer yes. by adding him when he was specifically asked not to with that statement. Man, that's good. and that's quite that's a awesome. statement. I mean, that's iTunes podcast reviews. That's forever. That's just that's that is on our podcast page. For all time. So he feels that strongly. Two, I can't believe two podcast reviews both referencing Hardballer. That was a very impactful episode, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you look, you have to you have to give it to the man. He leaves an impression. It's true. Not, I think not, not necessarily the, saying a positive one, I'm just saying he leaves an, an impression. An impression, yeah. <laughs> I think for the new Saw movie. They're just gonna have people who are like tied up. They're just gonna listen to that section where we get asked about our fourth favorite Christmas present, and <laughs> by the time it's over, their ears are bleeding. They're like shaking violently. How is this man saying these things? <laughs> Stop him! Yeah, <laughs> man. Well, that's uh. You know what? I appreciate that uh, these two people found the time to leave us a podcast review about such an important topic. And uh, I hope Hardballer listens to this, just so he knows that people, you know, people, people are thinking about him. Some of them negative, some of them positive, but uh, I'm sure he, sure he appreciates the attention. Mm-hmm. But that's that's, uh, that's going to yeah. do it. Thank you for those iTunes reviews. Uh, again, if you'd like to leave a podcast review for us, hop on over to our iTunes page and search KB Mod. And uh, if it's five stars and if it looks good, if it's, uh, you know, not filled with racial slurs or something horrific, uh, we'll read it on the cast. So get those in for the next time. But that's going to do it for episode 306. Got uh, the social medias here. If you want to follow KB Mod, we've got all sorts of social media properties. You can follow us on Twitter. That's where we're most active, at KB Mod Gaming. We have a Facebook page. We have a YouTube page, youtube.com slash kvmodgaming. Uh, we actually just 
went up and put uh, I put up a lot of the past podcasts that were missing on YouTube. Uh, so we have a playlist that is almost every podcast we've done up to this point. So if you wanna if you wanna just drown yourself in uh, in old podcasts, you can now do that on our YouTube page. So hop on over there if you wanna reminisce about some of that old content. Um, we've obviously got our Twitch page, twitch.tv slash kbmod, where we do this podcast live and we do other stuff live uh, pretty much every week. So go ahead and follow us over there. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Volition. That's V-O-L-1-T-I-O-N. Got KD over here, at KDZen, D-E-N, underscore. That's the character underscore. Yes. KDZen underscore. And we have uh, Ying is uh, at Yingity Yang. That's two Y's, Yingity Yang. Uh, I think he's he's that pretty much everywhere. Nice, consistent branding. Everywhere. Very consistent, nice. very nice, very clean. Uh, but that's going to do it for episode 306. Thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, hopefully we will see you back next time. Yatta! <laughs>